The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. It's September the 8th, 2023. I am at Joel Pearl. It's time to get in the weeds here on Fightful Overbooked. It's a busy weekend for me and hopefully not for you, Jeremy Lambert, because I have an impact show tonight to cover. But the good news is we're going to have some friends to come on and talk about it this morning. Very excited. 10.15 a.m. And I'm sure I'm going to say it again because it's very quickly approaching 10.15 a.m. It's about eight, nine minutes from now. Garrett Kidney is going to join us. We're going to talk Impact 1000, a little TNA history. And of course, we'll preview Victory Road. How's that? Jeremy Lambert, how the hell are you this morning? I'll not be watching Victory Road live tonight. I will be. I think I, I think, you know what, Joel, this show, we're just going to cancel it today. NBA 2K is out. I would much rather be spending my time doing that, playing NBA 2K. So I think we don't have to cancel the show. You know, we've already booked Garrett. We like Garrett. So we, we won't cancel on him literally 10 minutes before he's supposed to join us. I will freeze. I'll do one of those like freeze frames where it looks like I'm here. My internet's like gone out or something and I'm paying attention, but I don't actually talk. And then behind the freeze frame, I'll be playing NBA 2K this entire time. Do you think we can make that work? I think you should use the photo you took of you with the cake on your face. It's a good photo. It is a good photo. And you should use that as your your new everything. Your new profile photo, your new background photo, whatever it is, should be Jeremy's cake on face photo. It's a good it's a good photo. Do you see the hold on? Let me let me pull up the the thumbnail that Gisberto did for us. They did a good job. Got people well. talking. Look at this. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That is a mugshot to end all mugshot. <laughs> it does look like a mug a mugshot. It's a uh, it's something there. The egg- I was paying I was paying tribute to you know my my hero Brian Danielson and those behind the scenes like after after the show after the match photos that that they do which uh, I was very um, very proud of myself that I thought of doing. Uh, before I got in the shower after the show on Monday, I was like, Oh, you know, it's a good bit. If I do one of those like behind the scenes photos after the match. And then here it is before I go shower all this off of me. So it pops some people, you know, that's what it's all about. Popping the pals. So Not me, we did that. Sure. Yeah, we did that. We, we did good things there. All right. So you've, you've asked me this, Joel, the, the wife has, has messaged me. Uh, I, I, maybe people in the chat will ask, but before I'm going to get it, get it, I'm going to get ahead of it. Everybody six months without an incident. We've apparently been doing this show for six months, which I did not know. I think technically it's only five because we started at the beginning of April, right? We started towards the end. I think I think we very hilariously tried to do it as close to 420 as possible. And it wasn't even, we didn't plan it. It was more just the timing of the announcement and everything else that we got pretty close to doing it on 420. Whenever Rebellion was, 
it was the night after the day after rebellion that's when we went live for the first time right okay so yeah because uh that's when diana when the title win was impact rebellion let's see here impact rebellion was april 16th so our first show was april 17th so yeah it, it was the middle so not quite really six months so it's not a reference to how long we've been doing this show it's it's a reference to apparently the observer report that the young bucks would talk to cm punk if he went six months without causing any trouble and old philip couldn't go too so you know he missed it missed it by that much there just missed it by that much shouldn't have been that bte bit really got his lawyers on that for some reason do you think if if Philip knew that he had to go uh, six months without like an incident, he could have been on his best behavior for six months. It's like it's like, uh, you know, the, the, the children. We have, we have children. Joel, yours isn't old enough to to do these things. He's yet. getting there. Yeah. Sometimes you got to tell him like, hey, if you're good until your birthday, we'll get you this type of thing and so like they just know they got to hit that goal of like oh okay my birthday is in is in three months my birthday is in two like they just got to be able to do it for that long and then they get to the birthday and they they get the gift that they want and then you know they're they act a fool again as as kids do so could cm punk go six months if he knew like hey six months man you can get this meeting the, the reward system basically the reward system and CM Punk, if he knew about it, then maybe he could do it. But I don't think he knew. I don't think he's told. You got to you got to clue people in on the reward system. You can't have a secret reward system. I think that's unfair. Well, no, the secret reward system was assault the EVPs and come back in a few months after you've healed from your injuries with your own television program. <laughs> We've already established this. I had I had a, a teacher it was my fifth grade teacher her name was madame colhane yes that's right i went through french immersion i use it shoot names here hold on that's she, nice. she's long retired and quite honestly possibly dead but either way wow she, it's possible listen she was she was old when i was 10 and i am now older than that i think my brain is different from my body but anyway uh she used to give us um the <laughs> so I was like docs i don't care uh she, she good luck she used to give us rewards for, you know, different things in class, as, as a lot, I think a lot of teachers do. I think most people will have a story about that. But she would give us hockey cards. And I was thinking about that the other day. You know, she would come around. and They were probably, because she was a collector as far as we understood. And she would give us, like, her, you know, not-so-important cards. But I would always pick, like, the Hartford Whaler cards because I like the colors of the, uh, of the jerseys and everything. And I'm sure that, you know, that helped me get through school and it helped me be a good student. I don't know about that with CM Punk. <laughs> yeah, I I think he could have done it. I think he could have, like, you know, through gritted teeth, just not said anything for six months. If he knew that, that he could get the uh, get the meeting in six months, I think he could. I don't know. Now that I'm thinking about it. Nah, he'd, he'd go out there, one of those promos, and he just he'd have to take his shot and everything. The fact that he was like going through BTE and any like perceived reference what he thought was a shot. Wait, apology? Hold on. What do you mean they're mentioning an apology? This has to be about me. Their apology out here. This is definitely about me. He's so vain. He thinks every BTE skit is about him. Uh, yeah. 
Oh, I now that I think about it, I don't know if he could actually do it. I was trying to give give Phil the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I mean, there's 180 some odd days in a six month period. Could you imagine if we get to like day 100 and let's say it's 183, we get to day 182 and he ends up on dynamite and he just says something and the Bucks are just like, oh, so close, no cigar, and then they just walk off and that's it. But the BTE thing, it's funny because all I could think about was like. Punk and the lawyers gathered around this like 12 inch laptop screen watching the show and being like, oh, I don't like the way this Ryan Nemeth is walking the line on the SAG after strike. Is that is that a shot at me? Is that April in the background with him? <gasps> That's a shot. We got to mark it down. Mark it down. Mark it down. Write it down. Jerry, I don't care. Mark it down. And meanwhile, the lawyers are just like, God, we're going to bill him double. oh man i don't know maybe he should just change his name to litigious punk Uh, that could that could work right that could that could work uh i'm very interested when if and when he gives his response to all of this because we're we're approaching a week now that that he's gotten released uh terminated arnold uh we're approaching a week now and no nothing nothing from him so we will see if uh something comes out maybe you know it's a it's a slow weekend no there's the impact events uh tonight victory road they're taping impact 1000 tomorrow night but otherwise no no big wwe aew events let's see if uh philip wants to make some waves here listen if cm punk is the storyteller that he claims he is the long-term storyteller. And I know you're listening, Phil, because we're implicating your name in a podcast. I know you've got the lawyers watching. It's fine. Wait until Thanksgiving weekend and drop the podcast. Oh, man. Really just set the shit sandwich on fire. Who who Dude. does he do? Who does he do the podcast with? I mean, he's welcome on this show if you'd like to come on this show. He's welcome to uh, I don't know we, we who might he'll have want to after this whole conversation. Yeah, well, we're I feel we're being nice to him, some somewhat. Um, you know, he's he's welcome. I, look, Sean has said it. I'm not breaking any news here about him speaking to Punk and everything. So oh, there's there's a in in some ways there. Um, yeah, people who are saying Coon, Nick Housman, Denise. Oh, could you imagine Denise getting that interview? She deserves it, by the she way. Would. She deserves it, but you know, know. He'll, he'll go. He'll go and get like Chris Van Vliet. He's gonna see. Get- I'm. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. It's got to be a wrestler, though, because the last one with Cabana was a wrestler. I don't know if it's gonna be. I guess the one he did at Starcast was with uh, Mike Johnson. So he does have the previous relationship with with Mike Johnson doing the Starcast one. See, I think you got to You you want to do the storytelling Thanksgiving. And a wrestler, not not a media person, not a media person. Maybe. Uh, oh, you know who you do? Cody Deaner. <laughs> I'm going to keep popping that podcast. And if he's going to go to Impact, like everyone jumped on that Sean 30% comment. And I was just like, stop it. What are you like? Stop doing this. It's a, it, the percentage comments. This is, you know what this is? And all the love to Will Washington. But like this, a lot of this started when Will did the 
Mercedes Monet on Grapsity week after week percentage thing. And people took that as gospel. Don't do that again with CM Punk and stop reporting the numbers. Stop reporting what, what people assume could happen. I get that Sean has broken incredibly accurate stories. That is what Fightful rests its laurels upon, except our show. But the reality is stop. What? What? What do we do? You say our show? Fightful rests its laurels on our show? <laughs> no, no, no. We, we... <laughs> I screwed up my own rant on that, didn't I? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm delirious. We'll talk about that in a little bit, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, we no, we don't rest on our laurels. We, we work very hard to get the stories right, is really what I'm getting at. We, we, we do the thing right, except for our show. That's what I was getting at. Everything's oh. great except for us. That's, that's the point I continuously try to make. When we have interviews, we care. But stop with the percentages. Stop with the percentages. It just doesn't work. People are saying Lars. um, And then he would be on a Fightful podcast because it would end up being Wrestling Perspective, which drops on our channels. (laughs) Helwani's a good shout. Helwani's a good shout. That would be. I think Sean had put that out there as well as a possibility. Yeah, I, I I saw or I, I didn't I didn't see uh, Hawani as possibility until the, the chat brought up. Why well, Blade brought it up? Hawani's a a good shout though. Of uh, yeah, oh that'd be good. Oh that's that's actually what I want now. We'll talk more about uh who who Phil Philip could join on a on a potential podcast. But we have the the great Garrett Kidney backstage. So do the introduction, Joel. Be a professional. I'm giving, I'm giving you this one because I I am a big TNA Impact lover, but I know. <laughs> This one you are the impact post show person. What I are we am. doing here? This guy is like, I, I'm nervous. He's gonna, he just schools me in everything TNA impact. So please, Jeremy, he's he's your he's your pal, he's your best friend. I don't know Garrett the way you do. Do the impact. I, I tried to bully him to uh beat you up when he was in Canada not too long ago. I hope he beats you up on this show. I hope he does bully you now. All right. Uh I, I, I guess I could say from Impact Wrestling. I don't know. I don't get, it, get anybody in trouble here. The person who gives me all of my WWE scoops and gets me in trouble, as I will always take to take to the grave with me. Uh, you know him from Impact Social Media. You know him just on social media in general. He is Garrett Kidney. Garrett, how you doing, buddy? Hello, friends. There's no reason to fight over me. It's <laughs> like a two-minute, like, you intro him. No, you intro him. Oh, he's so cool. Listen, I'm not that important. I disagree. I disagree, Garrett. Uh, you you are the impact historian, the the absolute best just when it comes to, to impact wrestling. And I'm going to go ahead and address the immediate thing that everybody wants to know about ahead of Victory Road and Impact 1000. How do you get the social media clips up so quickly when something else happens in the world of wrestling? People are like... How do they have... Do the people not realize how fast you can send a tweet? Listen, to pat myself <laughs> on the back, it's pretty fast. But And I do have like a, a library that has like 7,000, I think, impact clips of some variety just sitting on an external hard drive ready and waiting to use in any given moment. But even if I didn't, like the, the time it would take me to download the full episode, post it, and uh, get it out would be about seven or eight minutes. That's assuming I don't have the clip. People like not to expose the business and be like, oh, tweets are actually really fast to send you guys. It does does require an extensive editorial process to go through. Uh, uh, but yes, I do have I do have an external hard drive that has 
not including full shows, I think about 600 gigabytes worth of clips. And if you include the full shows, it's up to like eight terabytes. Uh, just waiting on my desktop to be used at any, well, not desktop, external hard drive, to be used at any given moment when anything ever happens in the history of wrestling. And we all know everything can be traced back to TNA. Everything can be traced back to Impact. It's the invention of everything in the history of wrestling. So it's quite easy, actually. Good God, the cockroach mentality continues to live forever and ever. The bomb goes off. What happens? Uh, Samoa Joe talked about it on like April 2006. Here's the clip. And it's, there's no Twitter. There's no X. There's no Instagram. It's just Garrett with like written paperwork of this happening. Playing the video on my like last 6% charge on an iPad to the four people who have survived the apocalypse. It's like, oh, look at this Samoa Joe Jeff Hardy match. I was actually thinking about doing it because MJF's promo was entirely just the Scott Steiner he's fat in just a more eloquent way. So I think <laughs> you were just doing the Scott Steiner he's fat that night, but then the, the Jeff Hardy Joe match just fell right in my lap. That's my favorite thing is when like it can be taken as a TNA reference, but you make it a TNA reference anyway. Of like, yeah, the this this MJF promo calling Samoa Joe Boy, the Doughboy, uh, this is actually a reference to Scott Steiner. He's fat. It's like, you know, you just take any little inkling of it, like this is actually a TNA reference. It's so good. So good. You see, the bright side of Impact having now, as we come up next week, a thousand episodes. That's a lot of episodes to draw from upon which literally everybody in wrestling has appeared at one stage or another over those thousand episodes. So there is always something. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Dreamer cutting a promo this past week. You have a last night's show being like, The Simpsons hit 750 episodes and Impact's about to hit 1,000. And I'm a big Simpsons fan. I was just like, no way that's true. And it's accurate. And Impact 1000 uh, is shaping up to be a very interesting, fun card. And every time they announce something or a match or whatever it is, I'm like, is this a three-hour show? Because it feels like you're about to announce a three-hour show. It's very strange to me, but it's very exciting. How are you looking forward to that? Yeah, not to go into the, the J- 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 classic Jeff Jarrett, they said we wouldn't last a week. They said we would But like, if you read The Observer at the time, oh no, I'm going to be a guy who gives up about Dave Meltzer in a podcast. What have I become? But, <laughs> we just spent, like, the first 15 minutes doing a bit with it, so you're good. <laughs> it, it's what everybody descends to eventually. It's the I have become the Joker moment of wrestling podcasts when you eventually give out about a thing Dave Meltzer said, because it's inevitable. We all get there. But if you read The Observer when Impact launched on FSN in 2004, it is very doom and gloom. It's like they're buying a time slot. They can't possibly last. It's not going to survive. It's going to be their last hope before they go out of business. And here we are, 19 years later, on the verge of episode number 1,000. I think there's only three wrestling shows that have more than 1,000 episodes. I think it's Raw, SmackDown, and believe it or not, Bottom Line slash Afterburn. Yes, Scott Stanford is still in that studio every week, still producing that clip show for international markets. Believe it or not, that's a thing that still happens. So there's not very many wrestling shows. Like WCW Monday Nitro had like 270 or something, didn't it? And now we're all the way to 1,000 episodes of Impact. A thousand of them. That's so many episodes of Impact. It is like, it's a feat of television, not just pro wrestling television. Aside from like, you know, daily shows or or talk shows or late night stuff that airs daily. There's not a lot of shows that get that high. It's usually like, you know, talk shows, soap operas. And that's about it in terms of episode counts that get over a thousand. And now Impact's about to hit a thousand. A thousand episodes. Now you got to pick your favorite episode. My favorite episode of Impact. 
I like the like it's funny it was hated at the time people detested it but like the main event mafia takeover episode is great fun it's very stupid like Scott Steiner Reagan, they're trying to pronounce the word Kong uh, Kong Taraj and ended up calling it Kong Fucius and that's the same show that has the, the classic Booker T commentating over his own run-in bit uh, and Chet Snow or uh, uh, Chet Lemon and, and Black Snow on commentary <laughs> uh, so that that's a fun episode for Ben just being very very silly there's a lot of episodes that have like great moments like like for me the best moment in the history of the show is like the Kurt Angle debut like that moment, like that energy when he walks out there, he confronts Samoa Joe, there's the headbutt, there's Mike Tanay and Don West losing their absolute goddamn minds on commentary. There's the, the impact zone going crazy. There's two like generational stars facing off for the first time in a dream match people probably never thought was possible. Like that moment for me, that sticks out in my mind. But like, uh, you know, wrestling in terms of full episodes is a weird thing because obviously episodes of wrestling are, you know, usually nine segments, maybe more. So sometimes you hit, sometimes you don't. I don't, I don't really think about full episodes a lot. Don West, uh, we, we unfortunately lost him. And I think I think you've said it. I think a lot of people have said it. But how good he would have been in this era. Look at that. Uh, how good he My would Don have West been. microballer on the desk. <laughs> Love it. How good he would have been in this era of like quick clips, quick quotes and everything. Cause a lot of that stuff still lives, but like if he was doing it today when everything was just so quick uh, and you know, you you'd be posting it online immediately after it happened. Like it's very unfortunate. I'm glad Don West is now getting his flowers of like, yeah, this guy, cause when he first got hired and everything is like, Oh, don't know about this. This is not working at all. And now he's getting his flowers of like, yeah, this guy actually brought a lot to the product and it was just cool to see someone just genuinely excited to like call professional wrestling and like, well, he'd give you the hard Don West sell, but that was something that he he was a master at. So just speak more about uh, Don West and just his overall influence on impact and just uh, really social media in general. Yeah, I was I was thinking when he passed when when he did particularly in the early days in the asylum, like those first pay per views when it was just him and Mike after Ed Ferrara had left. When he did those like hard sells, those like two minutes will just put the camera on Don and he'll pitch next week's weekly pay-per-view. If those happened in 2023, they'd go viral every week. Like those, you have got to see this. And the card is often terrible. It's often like it's Don Harris against Malice in a first blood match. Terrible match. Nobody could possibly want to watch it. But Don West is like, blood as red as my shirt. You will need to see this thing. As I I will buy. Well, I I was 10. I wasn't buying any weekly pay-per-views in 2002. But I would imagine the average person watching those is like, I have to come back next week. I need to see whatever. Even like the Don West pitch would have become a selling point. As yet, like if you go back and watch, as I said, those those early shows are so great for a guy earnestly, enthusiastically falling in love with professional wrestling in real time because he wasn't really a wrestling fan. So when you watch, like, go back to the first CNA show when when there's like a hurricane rana or a drop kick, the man loses his mind because he's seeing these things for the first time and it's so earnest and it's so enthusiastic and it's so like honest and sincere and not performative which i think is a really important part of it he's not faking his enthusiasm he was never like putting on an act he was never you know being energetic for the sake of being energetic that was just him he was just an enthusiastic salesman who fell in love with wrestling and i i'll always say like it was a travesty the degree to which he got criticism while he was an actor 
objective announcer. Like, I'm so glad that the world has come around on Don West. But he was like, he was given untold criticism while he was an announcer. Like, he was winning, like, he was in the worst wrestling announcer. Again, to go back to Dave, Dave's voters in this case, uh, the, the Observer Awards, if you look at them, every year, worst announcer he's in there. And it's crazy because he was so good. And I'm so glad, like, in the years past, like, people have really, like, re-examined that Mike Dene Don West team and realized we, did, we didn't really appreciate what we had while we had it. There was a very um, lean time to be an Impact Wrestling fan. How did you, how did you keep your fandom throughout that? Because I know I definitely waned from time to time, and what brought me back was when the Anthem sale went through, and they came to Ottawa for Bound for Glory. That was uh, twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen. That that brought me back, and I've stayed since. But like, what's kept you as a fan throughout the Impact years? Yeah, because like the same, the closest I would have come to like just giving up on them was like that 2017 year where it was like the Jared comeback that just didn't get off the ground and the GFW stuff that I think rubbed everyone off the wrong way. <laughs> the green ropes give us all, it gives us all flashbacks. But like that year is like the, the most down. But then, you know, as you said, when it picked back up in 2018 and there's a lot more character and a lot more like uh, better like signings made in terms of like Brian Cage, Lucha Bros coming in, people like that. Uh, and I don't know, like, for the entire history of TNA, it was never smooth sailing, I, I guess, you know, even in its best days, there was always like, oh, well, if only if it didn't have this or didn't have that, or if only this period lasted longer and they didn't rehire Vince McMahon in 2006, if only any of these things could have happened. So I, I think a little bit of disappointment and bitterness was always built in so that it never built up to the extent that it would explode. And I, I never had like a, a toxically positive relationship as my camera has completely disappeared. <laughs> There you go. Uh, toxically positive. I don't have a webcam, so I have to do an elaborate setup where my phone is technically connected via Wi-Fi. I could really buy a webcam. But um, I, I never had like that, you know, you know, I have to be positive about TNA. And then everyone you see every time who is in that mindset, who is like toxically positive, eventually breaks. Because there's always going to be stuff you never like about a thing. And it's okay. You can accept that. It's 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 okay for something to have flaws. And I think I have always had that like realistic approach that I can I can deal with the good times and deal with the bad and cling desperately to the things I like in a show during periods where there's more things that I don't like than like. But there is usually always things I like. Like even in the, the Russo years, which are funnier to look back on now because they're funny bad at the very least, which you can always appreciate about Vinnie Rue. Like the man could write bad television in a way that was at least largely entertaining except maybe towards the death of wcw um but yeah uh, i was I've, I've always been cynical i think <laughs> this is the answer to your question i've always i've, I've never broken I, I, <laughs> yeah, well, look i love bad television are you kidding me yeah the vince russo <laughs> episodes with the abyss and the the casket coming down is one i very very vividly remember um but the the candle abyss ruled by the way uh i, I know there's oh, nice. people yeah, people posting clips of him, the, the matches with Sabu, which were great. Obviously, the AJ matches always stick out and just are fantastic top-tier matches. And it is a shame he he did great stuff in, in Impact that he was not more revered on a bigger level. Um, you know, now he's doing agenting for, for WWE. He brought balloons to WWE many, many years ago as well. Um, I, I was getting his resume at the time, actually. It's you know, <laughs> 14 years. I might need a producer job. Just think about it. Uh, I'm going to ask for a scoop here, Garrett. I don't know if you, you have the insight on this, but are we going to see the six-sided ring for Impact 1000? I don't think so. But uh -huh. uh, there, there's a lot on that show that, that I think people will love and enjoy. 
in in terms of uh, DNA history and impact history, but it's all been announced more or less. You know, AMW will be there, my favorite tag team of all time. A, a tag team that, like, Abyss at least was through TNA history during the times when TNA was, like, most watched during the the, the, the peak of the spike year when, like, 1.52 million people were watching every week. AMW were, like, unfortunate that they're, like, they were still in the early days of Spike where they would have gotten, like, a million people watching-ish in the early days of Spike. But, like, Beer Money is the team people remember for James Storm, and I've always been an AMW guy, so I've always, always been a travesty. So it's, it's so nice to see them. And, like, seeing guys who are on episode one, which is really cool. Like, Frankie Kazarian, Eric Young, Chris Sabin, AMW, Scott Demore, all those guys who are on the first episode, who will still be there for episode 1000, which I think is really, really neat to actually have that continuity going through. And Gail Kim and Awesome Kong coming out of retirement, both of them. Oh, the legends of the Knockouts vision. And, like, the fact that so much of, like, Impact of the 1000 is built around women is really, really cool. And I, I don't think that would be the case for any other company that they would have the actual legitimate history to draw off of. That like so much of the promotion that people have been brought back with Gail and the beautiful people and Tracy and Kong, like that tells you how important the women's division has been to Impact for like 15 years of its 19 year run for most of those episodes. And it's, it's really cool that that's like a really large component of episode 1000. Yeah, I kind of I put it out there the other week that you know North American women's wrestling Impact is almost certainly the place to go for that if you're looking for your fill if you want multiple women's matches you want talented women who are working hard on that roster you know that's no shade at AEW or wwe you're just getting a full fill and different characters and different storylines coming out of impact uh and you're right that that 10 woman knockouts tag uh, is gonna be something fun and i think a lot of people are just excited not only for for them to knock it out of the park but also who the special uh, guests are going to be the special, uh, the, the secret entrance, as they would. <laughs> the the question marks, one of which is three question marks, one of which is two. Oh, I don't know why, two. but what what could be read into that? What does it mean? <laughs> I assume I don't know if you make the graphics, but now I'm just going to assume you're dropping Easter <laughs> I, I don't, egg I don't, I don't make on the, the graphics. graphics. <laughs> who has a three? Who has a, a three? Uh, not letter, but but three it's like names. syllables. Yeah. It's, yeah, each question mark is a syllable. I don't. Yeah. Know. <laughs> this is how I'm gonna gonna read into it. Look, they need to bring back the six sided ring for one of these matches. I don't care which one it is. I, I just give me give me the six sided ring on this. Um, the the current state of it, of Impact Wrestling. We have Impact Victory Road tonight which looks like a, a really fantastic show i mean I've, I've spoken about it but like i'm really looking forward to josh alexander and, and steve macklin that's a match we were supposed to get many months ago unfortunately we had the injury to alexander then macklin got hurt back more or less a, a number one contenders match um so i'm really looking forward to that uh your thoughts on just everything going on on impact right now and where the the company currently stands it's a pretty exciting period, especially like the, the last few weeks where you've had Multiverse United 2, a really cool crossover show with New Japan, straight the next week into Victory Road or into Emergence in Toronto, which is, I think, a really cool show. And now two weeks later, again, we have Victory Road, which is, again, a, pr a pretty stacked card, you know, Guns and Rascals, Kushida, Leo Rush, Jordan Grace returning against Diana, like up and down that card, a bunch of cool stuff. And then like t tomorrow you have a thousand player next Thursday, and then you go straight into Bound for Glory, like Will Ospreay returning. So there's... Uh, it's a bunch of stuff and UK tour right after that. So I think it's it's like it's a very newsworthy period for impact. It's a very exciting period for impact. There's a lot of good, cool stuff happening. Uh, so like I, I know there's a 
as a fight for oxygen in wrestling these days. There's a lot of wrestling on TV. There's arguably too much wrestling on TV when you look at how many days of the week have wrestling shows on them. But I think Impact respects your time, and it's it's two hours every week. It's not five or even more than five for some companies. It's two hours. You can sit down. You can enjoy your stories. You can go back next week. It's I think it's it's one of the easier watches that, that both respects your time and gives you your value for money for those those two hours you spend every week, and maybe three if you just join us on a Friday night for an Impact Plus special. Okay, I need to get into this post-production. Who the hell do I have to talk to about this? I've given so much shit to the post-production crew. I need to know. I make this joke on the post-show that Cresta and I do on Fightful. Impact can always go 99% and never 100. And I mean that in the most loving way because we typically have glowing things to say about the show. Who the hell do I have to talk to about the post-production <laughs> issues? Because Garrett, I'll come after you if I have to. I'll do it. Yeah, it's like, it's my fault. You can you can come to our, oh, you want to <laughs> fight me now, do you, Joel? That's it. I was in Canada last month. Not a word was said. And all of a sudden, Joel <laughs> wants to take me out. He wants to drag me around and beat the shit out of me and be like, produce the show better, God damn it. Listen, if they were running Rebel next time they were in town, but they're not, then I would invite you for an ass kicking. Instead, they're going to run Mississauga and no one wants to go to Mississauga. No one wanted to go to Rebel either. That's a hard place to get to. But anyway. Don't you besmirch the good name of the Battle Arts Academy. Where are you training? Not there. Joel doesn't train. Are you kidding me? Joel, Joel isn't training at all. Joel's trying to get into fights with the post-production people right now. He's yeah, to he just Gary. wants to take people out. People trying their best, doing a good job, putting yeah. out a good show. Every weekend. Joel wants to tear them down and fight them. Despicable behavior. I'm invited on as a guest. You fought over me at the start. You fought. It's like, oh, we're getting Garrett on. Now we want to fight him. God, it's a bit of trap. This is why Macklin's going to beat you up, Joel. You're you're a jerk. He's a coward. What's he going to do? Come after me and Tara's groin again? What are we doing here? (laughs) You're you're being a jerk. No, I'm not. Actually, but I do. I do say loving. Like there there is um, there there is this like feeling that there's so much potential within Impact, even like 20 years later, on things like the post production side. And I I am excited because there was the report that came out not too long ago about post production or just production as a whole getting some upgrades. And I think that there will be some uh, some changes that come with that in a good way. So I bring it up mostly as like a positive. Didn't Mm. sound positive. Didn't yeah I can't hold on to it. That's different. You're you're never getting a WWE scoop again, Jeremy. (laughs) What did I do? Another wholesale university scoop. You are guilty (laughs) by association. Oh, that happens a lot with Joel. He gets me in trouble just because they, I don't like them though. I don't like, I do this show because nobody else is available. That's hey, the all, problem. All I'm saying is who replies, who replies to emails requesting interviews from impact? Who gets the replies, Jeremy? Cause it ain't you. Now you right it's now. <laughs> all right. I gave my favorite moment earlier with angle across a thousand moments. What are your favorite moments? I, unfortunately, I mean, not unfortunately, but, I actually like to go back to the early days. This isn't technically like a moment or anything, but I like the early days where they had when they were on Fox Sports One and the overlay that had like the sports presentation. Again, I realize this is not a moment, but I really enjoyed that kind of presentation of of the show and the the countdown box, which you yelled at me one time, Garrett, because I posted the Monty Brown clip and I thought the the uh, clock was going up. 
And it was at like nine minutes and it was going down. I was like, why are Monty Brown and Disco Inferno wrestling in a nine minute match? <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's actually counting down. I was like, yeah, I probably should have paid more attention to that. Um, but I, I actually like the, the early days. I'll never forget the, you know, the big head to head show with WWE and, and Jeff Hardy uh, and Homicide getting stuck in the red cage and everything like, and these are not the, the best moments in the world. Uh, but that, those are certainly moments that, I don't think anybody will forget as as an impact fan. The, yeah, uh, the, I love the Fox Box. I'm stunned more people didn't try and do something like the Fox Box. It was something like, I I loved because like I, that 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 show aired at like three o'clock or, or something uh, weird. Three in the afternoon here. on a Friday. Yeah, yeah. So like I'd get home from school. I was in like high school at the time. I'd get home from school. I'd be like, oh cool, I got wrestling to watch now, and like it was just part of my routine when I got home and. Yeah, I, I love the Fox box though. I they should bring that back. That's one. That's my request. The six sided ring Fox box for one Impact One Thousand. Yeah, because like Ring of Honor did it for like pure title matches, which I thought was cool with the, the on screen display, and no one else has ever done it. And I like it's obviously it's more of a production lift. You do have to put effort into doing it, but I, I think it's a cool thing. Like all sports have that. They tell you who's on screen and why and how long is left in whatever they're doing. Especially like even AEW is a company that has time limits, so I think it makes more sense for them to put it on screen, but no one's used it. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Aces and eights funeral. Oh, you see, there's two feud. There's the Team 3D feud around the Aces and Eights one, and they're both tremendous. The Aces <laughs> and Eights one is my favorite because they spent the entire time telling you how much this, the angle they just spent a year on absolutely sucked. They're like, this stuff was garbage. Why did we even do it? This is so terrible. Let's all get up there and bury it for five minutes. Oh, by the way, we spent a year on this. <laughs> And it was perfect because it gave everybody what they, it was cathartic for some yeah. people who had invested all of this time. And suddenly they were just like, oh, they feel like we feel. And it didn't matter whether or not it was true. It just worked. And it was so funny. And Joe just, come on. That was just one of the best, the best segments I've, I, I remember watching and just clamming onto. And of course, you, you got to hit a kid with a car. Like, of course. Later on. <laughs> Poor Richie. I believe so. uh, Gar- he's not dead. Everyone's always makes mistakes. Everyone's like Richie is dead. I believe Richie canonically survived. And everyone's always like Mickey James died when she was pushing her to the train. No, she didn't. She wrestled like two weeks later. Get your TNA lore right, people. Eric Young's not dead. Everyone's like, oh, it's all <laughs> no nope. dies. Yeah, nobody dies in in this uh, world of Impact Wrestling. You only uh, die well, when we kill you dead. That's the only time. Yeah. Or we lock you in the undead realm only to come back when your other contracts expired. If you die in the undead realm, you're dead for good. I think that's the way it works. That's the reason Ali can't come back. Ali and Luchasaurus gone for good. 
Uh, I'm not sure about the karate man. He did pull Ethan Page's heart out. Yeah. That seemed yeah. pretty definitive, but he might be able to wrestle without that. Eric Young also seemed pretty definitive, but he just got on his motorbike and drove away. So <laughs> popped up blood, felt better, and he's like, I'm a hot. And it's like, you're a what? Are you in a <laughs> you can't be killed? This man He's a concept. He's an idea. He yes. lives forever in our hearts and minds. And he can never lose a match again as a result of this. Good for him. He I believe that the, 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 the implication of that is that Impact is then canonically a shared fever dream where everybody is a thought or an idea. And thus, if you see them die, they are, they are not actually dead because it only lives in our minds. Is that what, whenever the, the finale for Impact is, which they at this point are never going to have a finale. Yeah, episode but... like 7063. <laughs> is that the actual finale? It's Jeff Jarrett, who I assume will still be alive and, and part of the business on all of this. Still it's, people it's, it's the snow globe. He just has a snow globe and it's just like, just wakes up from the dreams. Like, what, what just happened with all of this? And here, that's what it is. Impact was just a giant Jeff Jarrett fever dream. Yeah, in the year of our Lord, two thousand two, in like March two thousand two, he'll just wake up again and be like, "Good God, <laughs> what an adventure I'm going to have for twenty years." I have to tell the world about Dixie. I have to tell them now. <laughs> did you see her on the NWA or not the? It was OVW. OVW, yes, yes, I did. I that was writing that article this morning. I was like, "Oh, bless, bless that they EC three called in the connection to to get Dixie." <laughs> out there or whoever ended up making the phone call uh gary thank you so much for for joining us this morning really appreciate it let everybody know where they can find you at you can uh follow me on twitter at gary kidney i also hold a tna history podcast called you've got to be kidding me or we cover tna one month at a time we're currently on october 2005 so right at the start of the spike here so it's a good period to jump on so me and my co-host liam who you can follow on twitter at the gate because he gives out to me if i don't plug his twitter on other podcasts he gave out to me for that once he's like it's only good podcast etiquette to plug your co-host's twitter on other podcasts too <laughs> i agree i do i do that all the time so yes i agree with you I agree with him. So, yeah, you can listen to You've Got to Be Getting Me on your, your podcast platform of choice. And of course, Victory Road tonight as, as we speak on Impact Plus Fight and YouTube Ultimate Insiders. And then Impact 1000 is taped tomorrow in the Westchester County Center in White Plains, New York. Airs next Thursday on Access TV and YouTube Insiders. So there you go. Look, look at those smooth plugs. Don't I know my stuff? <laughs> and you can also catch Garrett on the Impact social media between five and eight minutes after something happens on another show, <laughs> plugging impact as well. And how it exactly. all references to impact. Thank you so it much. It all goes Garrett. back to that Jeff Darrett snow globe. Everything is in there. <laughs> Thank you, Garrett. Much appreciated. Thank you, Garrett. Thanks guys. Take Thanks care. buddy. There you go. Garrett kidney. Everybody appreciate him joining us. Uh, talk, talk impact. Nobody knows impact like, like Garrett kidney. So that, excited. Wow. Always good to, to talk to him. I don't, I, I guess I will tell the the scoop story again because I I tell it basically every time I talk to Garrett. So Garrett did this bit of uh it was it wasn't even a bit. It was just he asked full sale, you know, the full sale attacks, NXT full sale attacks were very prevalent. Um and he asked the full sale Twitter of like, can you please address the attacks that keep happening in your parking lot? And the full sale Twitter replied to him and said we, we take these matters very serious. We are looking into it. And so I was like, oh, this is hilarious. So I wrote the article because I thought it was so funny. Uh, and it was up on Fightful. It was up for a little while. And then I get a call from a Stanford number uh, a few hours later. And I'm thinking, 
Oh, I'm getting called up, baby. I'm going on the booking team. Here we go. They're calling me for that job. And it was a WWE PR person. It was like, we really value our partnership with Full Sail. Can you please take this article down? I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. So I took it down and I messaged Kara. I was like, you got me in trouble with WWE because you had to ask Full Sail uh, about the parking lot attacks. So that's Garrett. Garrett uh, got me called uh, called to the, the WWE offices, got called onto the, the principal's office uh, from WWE thanks to Garrett's tweet. So. And ever since then, Garrett, Garrett and I have, uh, we, had a, we had a fine relationship before then, but certainly after that, it became uh, enhanced a little bit. Anytime you get, yeah, you get a phone call based on a tweet from WWE, you, your relationship is just bonded for life after that. You know, since they're such big fans of their Full Sail University partnership as they are now, because they clearly film at Full Sail every single week still for NXT, I feel like you can put that article back up. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they're still the parking lot attacks, uh, which are, are not good. They just, I think it's just NXT in general. Like, it doesn't matter where they run. We're just going to get parking lot attacks, which I think is more of an NXT security problem than a full sale security problem. Yeah, that's right. They just see, they see WWE, they see the letters NXT, and the Florida cops are just like, nah, not tonight. I, I'm sure that article is still in archives. I should I should sneakily repost it one day and just see if anybody. Yeah, it's years old at this point. It's got to be. It was during the pandemic, so yeah, it's got to be by 2020. It's got to be at least three years old at this point. So I should just post it, backdate it to 2020, and if it ever shows up on socials, just immediately delete it so it, uh, there's no trace of it. Uh, but yeah, I should just sneakily repost it one day. You should. It'd be very funny. But yeah, thanks to uh, Garrett Kidney for for joining us. This was a really it was a really fun chat. Uh, Impact One Thousand is going to be a really fun show. Uh, we spoke to uh, Alex Shelley on Wednesday. We did fix up the audio. We put it up separately on uh, on our Fightful Overbook feed and on our audio feed. So go check that out. I think uh, once you get an actual idea of what Alex was saying, you'll understand and appreciate the interview even more. Uh, and he brought up the fact, you know, he brought up the Trey Miguel match and who he's going to be facing at impact 1000 is trey miguel and alex shelley and there's a there was a part of me listening back to that interview jeremy where i was like are they gonna shock us are they gonna potentially do a trey miguel world title win on the 1000th episode of impact with that i don't i don't necessarily think so but like is there a part of you that was just like he's really talking me into the possibility of this happening now i think you gotta do shelley and alexander I, I think that's the match, and that's probably the headlining Bound for Glory match. Um, I mean, unless Will Ospreay is going to get some type of title shot at, at Bound for Glory. But, um, yeah, I, I I think Shelley and Alexander is the match. I don't think it's Trey McGill. We'll see about that. But, no, the main event tonight at Victory Road seems to be uh, Alexander and Macklin, which, well-deserved, that was a main event world title match that was supposed to happen months ago before both men went down with injury so looking forward to talking about that crest and i will be live either on youtube.com slash fightful or fightful overbooked we don't know yet because it's going to come down to when the show ends versus when smackdown and their post show goes we try to make this as fluid as we can but we'll be somewhere we'll be covering victory road tons of really fun stuff going on in that card tonight you should do the the handoff smackdown team hands off to to you guys i don't want to start later than we already would I have a feeling this show is going to go pretty long. It's a pretty solid long, like it's a big card. I, don't, I feel most don't most of their shows just do three hours. They do eight to eleven. They wrap like they're good on time, which I appreciate with impact. I do too, but I think that the last, I think that emergence went longer. 
mm. like by about 15, 20 minutes. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it did. I, I feel like you're wrong, but maybe maybe you were for once correct. For once, my God. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just pulled up this this article that you wrote that dropped at 10 o'clock. The, uh, the Cody Rhodes oh. the promos are, are more political campaign to yeah. it. He was on the Dale Hart Jr. podcast. The Dale Hart that was a good Jr. listen, by the way. I, I'm sure it was. I just love that. Cody is so plugged in to what people are saying about him that he is absolutely just taking it and running with his interviews. I love it. It's very fun. Cody is... Look, man, he's fantastic. I'll, I'll always give Cody his, his flowers, unless I'm trolling Steven Jensen. But otherwise, Cody, he's so good. He's so good on WWE television. He's so good in these media interviews. This Dale Earnhardt Jr. podcast is two hours. Two hours of Cody Rhodes. And I got a bunch of articles out of it, which I appreciate anytime I can get multiple articles out of a two-hour podcast because there's some where they're in you know, they're an hour and a half and I can't get anything. Um, Cody is so good with the, the stories and everything. And yeah, his, just that line, it's, he does such a good job of just like breaking things down. He's very, you're right. Like he's very plugged in with this stuff and he gets it. And I think there, he, he says it in the, the article, which everybody can read of like, you know, Dusty's promos had like a, a soul to them. Like they were, they were very over the top and, and very, uh, uh, the, just the way Dusty would would do things. Uh, they they had a certain vibe and a feel to them. And Cody has clearly a different vibe. And his vibe it does come off as political campaign. Like he is trying to sell you on something, and he knows how he's trying to sell you on it. And look, the the suits and the, the word choice and everything certainly lends itself to that. But he goes that way for a reason. He doesn't want to be over the top professional wrestler. He wants to. He wants to be like a, a sort of. He wants to be an everyman in a different kind of way. Dusty was an everyman, but Cody wants to do it in a different kind of way. And let's be honest about political people. They want to be an everyman in a different kind of way. He's just a common man. Eh, that's that's the lyric right now nah, cody cody's fantastic though i want i hope they release the condom stardust mask i do i do think we need that he said there was a pitch for a stardust mask and you put it on i don't know how it goes on but it looked like a blown up condom and i need i don't need it i need to see this that's that's what i need should i now nope not gonna get myself in trouble saying that because i got something laying around and don't you dare I've, I've already spent 48 minutes not telling people to leave a thumbs up on this video because you should have already if you haven't but go ahead and leave a thumbs up and subscribe to us here at fightful over books and donate a super chat any amount get your question or statement read right on the air and of course it supports our people here on fightful over books our, our contributors our show hosts our fantastic people uh who do a lot of work that we often you know, give them credit for. We get enough money, everybody. And on Monday, I don't have a Stardust mask. I have a Sting mask. I'll wear a condom no, Sting no, mask. No, no, no. Oh, Christ, no. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how we're doing this. Yeah, I already hate it. Uh, we need money, though, first. You know, we got $100 for the cake bit. So it's we got to... People like seeing me be stupid for some reason. Would have never expected that. 
Yeah, yeah. So send money. That's what I'm asking for here. Send money. Jeremy does stupid things. It seems to work for us. So uh, yeah. why not? Anyway, what else are we talking about? Since since we kind of went on a WWE tangent, let's just uh, well, let's get quickly through uh, SmackDown tonight. I actually just want it. I want to bring up um, Jimmy Uso, and I want your opinion. I want your, your thoughts on this. Do you think that they're going to try and make a push for a, a main event Jimmy Uso? Are they really going to try to build Jimmy Uso? Do you think it has legs? Could it work to a similar vein as what they did with Jay? Because clearly, whatever they've been doing with Jay for the last few years. Seems to be working. We seem to be uh, getting the crowd behind him. Jimmy's a different beast. He's a different brother. He's a different guy. He ain't doing the the low rider. He ain't doing the what you call it. I, I don't say it. So what do you think? Is getting uh, head? Oh Jesus Christ! We're already doing this, Jimmy Uso. What's the, what's the deal? Can you stop that? It's very very disheartening because you're also like your camera's facing up, so it looks no. It just no. Stop it. <laughs> Hey, Joel and Jeremy, how'd you get your show canceled? Well, maybe when Joel threatened to fire or to, to fight the entire Impact Post crew. No, no, no. It was later on, around 50 minutes in, when Jeremy decided to. Anyway. Where Jeremy's camera was blowing him. That's Jesus what happened. <laughs> Never putting this in my reel. Jimmy Uso, what are we doing? Um, they gotta stop treating him like a little bitch. That's for sure. He came back, and John Cena punked him out, and then AJ Styles punked him out. Uh, he got AJ back with his little leg swipe at the end, but he's probably gonna beat AJ Styles if they're gonna try to do anything with, with Jimmy. I don't think it was like a bad start last week. He got some lines in on Cena. I like Cena's. I've been waiting three years to tell you this uh, for something that happened three weeks ago, which was a, a weird line for old John. But John stood tall there. And, you know, AJ pushed him. He sh- fell over backstage. And then um, and then AJ lost a solo thanks to Jimmy. I think Jimmy's got to win. Look, I imagine that solo's going to interfere and then Jimmy will win and we'll just kind of keep doing this. They can make Jimmy with this. I don't know if that's where they're going to go, though. Like, Solo's their guy right now. They they continue to protect Solo. He's only had two losses. He's lost to Cody and he lost to Jay. And then both those guys lost to Roman. Uh, so they continue to make Solo. I think they're going to, at least for right now, have Jimmy just be kind of conflicted as to what's going on because jimmy he doesn't like roman still like he he kind of made that clear of look the only reason i didn't want jay to win because i didn't want him to be like you like you're still an asshole but then solo is still helping him and he's still part of the island of, of relevancy so I think they're just going to have Jimmy still be a little conflicted. And then once he makes his choice, he makes his choice. But Roman's got to be back in the picture for that. And I don't know when Roman is coming back right now. feels kind of holding pattern ish with, with Jimmy. So I kind of agree, but also I want to, I, I, the way that I came out of last Friday SmackDown was Jimmy is trying to infiltrate the bloodline again. 
it felt to me like Jimmy's going to do this whole thing where he pretends to be on Roman's good side. He does all the things. Roman's going to test him. Jimmy's going to do the things, try to become right-hand man Jimmy Uso. While Jay does whatever he's doing on Raw, they kind of keep those two apart, hopefully. And it all just ends with Jimmy turning on Roman and the bloodline, and we build to an eventual title match between the two. Because we still haven't seen it, and because it's the bloodline, it's inevitable that they're going to match up. I don't have a problem with that, because you and I have talked about this you know, over the course of the bloodline story that this story works best when it's insular, when it's just the family dynamics. Uh, that being said, to me, the way it came out was they're going to make a hard push to get Jimmy on the top of the SmackDown roster, but the way they might do it, like you said, you said Solo's very well protected. I still think Solo is going to get that opportunity as well at Roman, but I think it first starts with, uh, with Jimmy kind of weaseling his way in and through the bloodline ranks again. Possibly. Um, I don't know. Last week was decent when it came to Jimmy, but I wish they, one, I wish they didn't fall over when AJ shoved them because he just, again, he kind of, he got him just like, like a bitch on that. And I didn't think that that was great for him, especially after his brother super kicked him and then quit to, to get away from everything. The matches will be good. Jimmy's a great professional wrestler. It's people, I don't think, give him the credit. They give the tag team the credit, but as a singles guy, he, he's going to be fine in wrestling matches. It's just going to be a matter of how you actually book him with this stuff. It doesn't, I don't know if the infiltrating thing is where they're going. And it feels very holding pattern until Roman actually returns and does his big speech to kind of tie up a lot of loose ends. Um, and we'll see what, what happens there. Or, or Heyman, Heyman's going to have to say, some some stuff uh i don't know last week didn't get me like super excited for the the jimmy uso run i'm looking forward to him against aj that's a that's a good match aj aj still very good um and and J- again jimmy jimmy's very good but i'm very concerned that it's just gonna be oh here's solo helping jimmy win see the bloodline loves you come back to us you know you're, you're still part of the family here don't be like jay you're better than that and I think there's real potential in a Jimmy and Roman uh, singles match. And, and you know, I kind of thought that's where they might be going after SummerSlam before the way SummerSlam played out. And it just didn't happen that way. Uh, they got options. They always have options when it comes to this stuff. It's just a matter of which way they're actually going to go with it. Trying to think where they could possibly run this. And doesn't feel like a Survivor Series match. Or maybe it does. Again, we don't know no. what... I mean, Jimmy and, and Roman, if they have a big enough War Games match, then you could put it on the back burner. Again, like, just to, I'll bring up Impact, for example. They've been pretty good at cycling some of their stories and titles. Maybe, maybe it's time to let the Bloodline be a little bit earlier on the card or let it open the show again. We talked about that once upon a time. Maybe it's just time to let the Bloodline story not fully dominate a PLE. SmackDown is one thing. That, that seems to be just like all they want to do and everyone else just kind of takes a back seat for better or for worse. What if everything else kind of takes precedence over the bloodline story? They got Saudi in early November. That's before survivor series. That's two months. That's reportedly November 4th. Um, so does it that can you heat up Jimmy enough in two months? You can to, to face Roman at Saudi. 
I could I could see them going there, and then what what comes out of Survivor Series? Not sure. Um, it, again, it just feels very much like a holding pattern until Roman comes back. And when's Roman coming back? I don't know. I don't know because they got Cena for the next seven weeks after tonight's episode. Cena won't be part of tonight's episode, but he starts seven weeks uh, beginning next week. And I don't know if they're going to utilize Roman and Cena on the same show too often. I think that was the point of having Cena for, and there are other circumstances, obviously, but I think that was a big reason they wanted Cena for, for seven shows though, is because, Hey, we're, we might not have Roman for a lot of these shows. Was there ever a reason given as to why Cena wasn't working tonight? Cause like it's, he's in, he's in India. He's in India. Oh yeah. He's working the, yeah. yeah, Okay. Uh, The only reason I was just like, that's the Boston show. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's like the one show where I was just looking at the card. I was looking at the, the location. I was like, really hometown do they what but yeah the india show you're right that and that's happening literally as we speak yeah i think i mean i don't think it takes a detective to figure this out he was announced for september 1st which was last week and then that was supposed to be i think i honestly think he was just gonna put over the india show on that and then do the india show and then who knows when we see john cena again but then the the strikes happened. They they did the deal with the uh, make a wish, and so I was like, "Hey, now we got John Cena for seven weeks." And so they reversed course or changed some plans on what they they maybe wanted to do there. But yeah, that I think that's all it was. Is uh, he was just going to do the one week until things opened up for him? Yeah, and it works. You know what? You and I sat here last week, and we when when John Cena was making his. Uh, his return did you spill the water all over yourself even better Uh, i didn't see it so it doesn't matter but anyway uh we kind of posited different ideas of what this could turn into with john cena's run and this is not a pepsi bottle everybody despite the blue being on there i realize it does actually it's water and it's not like a color that looks like pepsi should i drink it like kenny omega sure it looks like you're Anyway, that's uh, how Kenny Omega drinks this stuff. What do you want me to do? Not drink it like Kenny Omega. Oh, you said sure. He like twist it. He does. I admire he Kenny does. Omega the way he like, I assume he's to like cover the label or something, but he's like, that probably didn't look very good. But... No, it doesn't. He does it either. Shout out to Kenny Omega. He's very good. He is the, he is very good. He rules, honestly. No, he does actually. <laughs> Five stars. I'm sure there will be no debate over that with Takeshita from All Out. I'm sure no one will have any problems with that subjective match rating. (laughs) Oh, God, where was I? John Cena, last week when when you and I were doing the show, we kind of said, what would we like to see John Cena do when he comes in? And we just kind of said, well, maybe not Bloodline stuff. And what's the first thing we see? Well, maybe Bloodline stuff. And I... In the moment, I didn't love it because it was kind of, kind of opposite of what we wanted. But also, I just kind of sat, I sat there and I said, "Okay, this might work. It might make sense given the fact that this is the top storyline. You may as well have your top star do the top storyline, but it doesn't need to be that way forever." That being said, um, the John Cena stuff has to go beyond the Jimmy Uso stuff, and we got to see him take on other opponents for sure. Like there has to be other people for John Cena to put over and say, fine speech to that aren't Cody Rhodes. Right. <laughs> Who Cody used the fine speech line. He did. Uh, during the Grayson yeah. Waller effect. And yeah. I'd love John Cena to come back and just be like, fine stump speech. 
knowing that he knows the political part. <laughs> uh I, I don't know where they're going. Well, okay, let, let's let's talk about this. So on on Monday, they're getting draft compensation for uh, Jay going to to Raw. Um, I think it's the Miz. You know, Cody's been talked about, but I think it's the Miz. I think Jensen brought up Cody. Um, I think it's the Miz though because he's doing the feud with with Cena right now, and so they're going to get him. On always oh, talks about this, uh, the, but then you got the two television shows and everything. Okay, I'm misremembering what shows I do, Joel. It's it's been all of it's been a week. Yeah, we do. It's all. been a week. All right. So uh, okay, final. I think Cody's on SmackDown tonight. Says Bonker, uh, Bonkers LLC. He's advertised. I think it's the dark match right now. I feel like if they were gonna put Cody on the actual SmackDown show they'd go ahead and announce that. And maybe they will. They they hold off a lot of this stuff until like 4 p.m. for some reason. So maybe they will end up announcing it. Right now, it's just he's advertised to be at the show. And I think it's, but right now, I think it's a dark match because uh, they have not officially announced him for the television show. I, just want, I do want to clarify that because I've seen a lot of people be like, Cody's going to be on SmackDown tonight. That's not official. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Um, I don't think that Cody is the answer. I don't think Miz is the guy. I still think it's Kevin Owens. That's that's kind of where I'm at. Look, I'm fine with that. But here's the thing. It can't be Kevin Owens tonight. He's in India. So it ain't, it ain't Kevin Owens tonight if they do the draft compensation listen, thing. I listen, guess they could Hulk, announce it, but he can't show up. If Hulk Hogan can wrestle 400 matches in one year by flying back and forth from Japan and therefore saving a day or several hours to wrestle the match then we can do the same thing with Kevin Owens. When this show ends, it'll be noon. Are you saying he can't fly back in however many hours to make it to the show? The India plane to Boston, Boston flight. Yeah. And, and, and they got to go from, uh, I forget where they're located. I want to say Hyalabad, but that's not the name of the city. It's a 18 hours. Easy, easy. And in the WWE jet, that goes twice the speed. It's legitimately not possible. No, probably not. Uh, maybe they'll just do a video. Just be like, hey, look at me. I'm the new guy. But yeah, you can, you can do that. You can do like an announcement. You just couldn't um, You just couldn't have him there tonight. He cannot physically be there tonight. Um, I, see, I see Robert O'Neill's in the chat. Friend just spotted Finn Balor at the Boston airport. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we're going to get a Judgment Day presence on SmackDown. That was kind of the point of them winning the the tag team titles i thought which i wasn't like super thrilled with i thought they could have done more with sammy and kevin having a smackdown presence during their their title reign but i think we'll get some judgment day on smackdown again i've said it for weeks now put some other stuff on there that isn't bloodline and now if you're into judgment day judgment day is all overall don't do that either you got other guys who need to shine a little bit here and you need to get them over other guys and girls you need to get them over and i and i hope they invest a little bit more in those talents because i don't know who's coming over but smackdown feels weak right now with john john cena great appearance and everything but we know he's not a long-term player for them he's just gonna make his appearances and that's it roman's not on the show right now who are your long-term players on this show that you're it's LA Knight. Like LA Knight's the guy yeah. right now. Otherwise, there ain't any 
they have not established people. They have the talent. Street Profits and Bobby Lashley are, are very good. I'm looking forward to that. AJ is always going to be AJ. I know there's Jimmy and Solo, but if they ain't doing Roman Reigns stuff, they feel a little a little less than without so, Roman Reigns. Go ahead. And this is this is the the problem that we talk about with the Bloodline story on SmackDown specifically, where there's two hours of programming versus the three hours on Raw, where it feels like a slog, but it's a big ensemble cast with you know a few people standing out here and there. If you took out the Bloodline and you mentioned those people that you just mentioned, and I'd add Grayson Waller to it, you would probably have, a and Rey Mysterio for that matter, because you have legacy stars. We just talked about AJ Styles as another one. If you add a lot of those elements together and you just take out Bloodline altogether, you'd still have one hell of a show. It comes down to the stories you tell. And I know someone uh, on our Monday show that we did on Maine was kind of like trying to tell us that the storylines don't necessarily matter and the matches are what matter now. And I, I incredibly disagree with that. And and again, wrestling is subjective. Like if you want to watch the matches, that's great. Often the matches deliver, but I'm more invested when the stories get me invested in the matches themselves. So if you gave me that on SmackDown beyond the bloodline, I think you'd have a lot of really, really popular talent that get showcased for more than the five to six minutes that they get versus the bloodline getting a 30 to 40 minute segment, depending on the week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. They, you know, Seamus has talked about it of, uh, you know, if we all had this kind of time to tell our stories, we'd, we'd all be doing great right now. Obviously, uh, you know, not everybody has that kind of time on SmackDown. But now the time is opening up with Roman not being there every week. And how are you going to fill that time? How are you going to utilize that time? I think you've got to have now something substantial for LA Knight coming out of uh, the Miz program. I don't know if that's dead or not yet. Uh, it could it could still increase. It, it could still keep going because of Miz's segment on Monday. And this is why I think Miz might be the guy when it comes to, to the draft here. But if, if it's not the Miz, you got to find something else for LA Knight that that works. Um, you got to find something else for LA Knight that that is substantial and for him to to sink his teeth into, for fans to sink their teeth into when it comes to LA Knight. Yeah, the roster, the talent isn't necessarily the issue. It is how you're going to place and utilize all of these guys, and hopefully they they can figure this all out. I saw something on Twitter. I just want to bring this up. Uh, someone had tweeted out this photo and it's the sign in the back is why is Axe's hair so nice at Survivor Series 1990 and the photo underneath is Axe from Demolition's hair. Do you, have you heard this story? Have you seen the reply? No. So someone, Scott Hensley on Twitter said, so I got the answer to this at a show I worked last night that he appeared at. He said, quote, it was my last day, so this was my fu to Vince. He left and went to New Japan afterwards. You went out with a, a good hair, axe with the good hair over yeah. here. Bless that's him. fantastic. I love it. I just saw that and I was like, that is, that's perfect. He just posted that, Scott did. So good on him. Oh, my God. This is um, co-founder of the SCI tournament. Steven Jensen would be proud. Anyway, we got a super chat earlier. We're going to start our transition over to AEW, but uh, Why Soulable sent us one saying, before you guys get too far into the weeds, well, we're in the weeds, so, you know, that's we're close enough. A general question. Where does the current AEW roster rank 
in all-time wrestling rosters. 90s WWF and WCW, Black and Gold NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling. Oh my God, there is a lot to dissect in this. This is a very meaty conversation, Jeremy. Um, and everything's different. That's the thing. Every roster that's been mentioned here is very different for very many reasons. So where do you want to start? Uh, I, look, we can spend hours on this particular topic, I, I feel like. But it depends on what you're looking for, I, I guess. Like, if you're just looking for like straight up wrestlers who are just going to go out there and give you the best matches, the AW roster has to be near the top on that like it, it's got to be very near the top because you can throw they do it every week they just throw two guys out there and it's like hey go have a great match it's like okay we can do that like nick wayne just goes out there and puts on you know a four-star match with darby allen and the main event on dynamite and it's like great like all these guys can can do that on aw so if you're just looking at that it's tough to to beat the aw roster if you're looking at like overall star power and stuff, you know, there's a time WWE had like Austin rock taker angle Jericho, like triple H. I'm sure there's just names uh, I'm forgetting, Um, you know, coming out of the attitude era and stuff. Even if you want to include the attitude era, WCW had a super stacked roster with, with their main event guys of like Hogan sting, uh, Savage, Luger, and then the undercard had like Jericho, Eddie, like those Ray, like those kind of guys. Like it really just depends on sort of w- what you're looking for. I will, you know, even today, WWE's roster is really good. You know, when WWE's roster is actually like really, really loaded was like 2019 before AEW started. There was so much just, but they didn't, they didn't have really any stars at that time because they just built everything around roman and brock and it's like here we go here's roman and brock doing everything but like their overall roster when they had um hey 2018 2009 we'll call it 2018 the, the um, hoarding years the, yeah the yeah talent years right like you look at those rosters and it's like okay you have okay roman brock who are these top, then you have like cesaro sammy the the shield all the members in the shield danielson like you look at the the roster then, and then you factor in the women too. You had like the four horsewomen and everything. Like that, just looking at the talent on that roster, that's one of the top rosters they've ever had. It's just they position the talent like shit. It's funny because I'm thinking about this answer, and my brain continues to say it really depends on how they're being booked, and it really depends on how the stories are being told. the The wrestling, the wrestling is the wrestling. You know what I mean? And and I continue to go back to this. I just, my my wrestling involves storytelling. My wrestling doesn't involve necessarily the moveset. It involves the story you're being told in the ring. So for me, it's like, what's the best locker room you have? Well, it's the one that continues to entertain me the most. Uh, and I'm, I'm being entertained now probably as much as, you know, WWF in the 2000s area, like the, the 98 to 2001 area it was entertaining me. That was a lot of like, you know hogan rock or not hogan sorry uh, stone cold and rock on top uh and triple h inevitably comes in and mick foley and i still love that that uh triple h and mick foley trilogy that they did leading up to foley's uh retirement quote unquote 
<laughs> I mean, listen, the, the MSG Street Fight continues to be one of the, my favorite matches I ever watched live. Saw it in a movie theater, 13-year-old kid, so much gore, so much blood. My friend next to me, like, covering his eyes throughout. I loved that match. The Hell in a Cell match the next, uh, the next month at uh, No Way Out, and it was in, like, Connecticut <laughs> in, like, their backyard. And it was just not – it was a good match, and it was fine. But, like, that being – the the end again quote unquote and then he gets brought back Foley does for wrestlemania because linda mcmahon's like this poor soul's never main event to the main of wrestlemania so he will now and it was just it was so much fun for kid me to enjoy uh that that was a great time in my life watching wrestling and and, and enjoying the, the rosters again a strong roster creates a strong show strong storytelling creates a strong show and i know this is kind of a, a hedging answer but to me it's it's less about the amount of people on your roster and more about how you're featuring your roster and your members. You can make the argument that NXT black and gold era, the people, you know, still love to wax poetic over, uh, had a great roster. A lot of the same roster was also ring of honor 2016 or 2017. They were a lot of the same people, but now they had their characters a little more defined, a little more WWE ified. So they've been shiny, shined up and that's okay too. It all comes down to what your version of like entertainment and wrestling is. So, and this is coming from a WCW guy who unapologetically enjoyed the late 2000s into 2001 and talks about like WCW greed 2001 and talks about like Jason Jett versus Kiwi as one of like the best matches that you will never watch because it was legitimately good and it was a hot opener. And people are just like, those two? Yeah, it's a good match. But then the main event was shit. No one remembers. It doesn't matter. So, yeah. Oh, oh by the way, um, the Gunter Intercontinental Championship reign continues. He did have a match today. Okay. He beats. Take a guess. Uh, I don't know. Shanky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Shanky. Poor Shanky. Whatever. He, he didn't get shanked. He just lost to the ring. Yeah. You know. Anyway, let's move on. Let's talk about AEW. I want to talk about that Samoa Joe MJF segment. Completely unsurprised that this was a very good segment. Completely unsurprised that they took various shots at each other. Um, What are your general thoughts about this? Because they did, uh, in my opinion, a pretty good job of giving us some doubt that Roderick Strong versus MJF is the has-to-be Grand Slam main event now that Samoa Joe is part of this tournament as well. I got a lot of doubt that it's Roderick Strong right now. I think you, Adam! unless you're going to do Joe and MJF at Wrestle Dream, since that's a week and a half after, um, after Grand Slam, which would would make some sense. Uh, but Joe's going to have to lose in the tournament. Uh, I assume to Roderick Strong in the final, or you do a Kingdom run in there. I don't even know if you want to go two heels because they're both technically heels i believe uh i don't know if you want to go two heels in the tournament final though but i i got a lot of doubt after this promo like it feels like it should be samoa joe and look a roddy strong samoa joe final makes some sense too because that's how roddy's in this neck brace for three months now because of samoa joe so you bring all that back around roddy tries his best can't do it can't still can't beat samoa joe his neck is hurt some more you kind of Continue that on a little bit. Joe gets his title shot at Grand Slam against MJF. 
Uh, the promo was excellent from both men, as you would expect uh, in this case. I love that like, MJF, this is a very real villain story. Of uh, We all saw that push uh, at NXT in Brooklyn when he shoved MJF aside. This is not a, I sent an email to, to William Regal. I was I was uh, getting the getting the Uso in the car uh, when I crashed it. That's what it's called. It's called the Uso, right? Stop. That's that's how you feel, Usi. Everybody, stop it. Getting the Usi. No, that's what we're gonna call no, it. We're gonna get demonetized. I'm gonna have to fill out a whole form just to get our money back. Everybody's gonna get the Usi out here. Um, so. You know, he's got all these villain stories. This one was something we all saw on television where he pushed MJF out of the way. And, you know, he recalled that moment. And Joe was like, hey, you're a little bitch. Love a good little bitch. Anytime you can throw a little bitch in there, I'm all for it. Uh, Joe's ice cream line was fantastic. I don't know if they rehearsed that one or if that one came up on the spot. But credit to Samoa Joe for throwing that one out there. That was really good. It um, threw a lot of people off too. Some people were like, "What the hell is he talking about?" The other people thought that he was making a WWE reference when he was making. Kind of was. He he was, but he wasn't like talking about his time in WWE. He was right. talking about the Peacock series that he's part of, Twisted Metal. So I yeah. like it was it was like it was inside without being inside at all, and I really appreciated that. It was so good. That that was such a good line. the The fat jokes from. <laughs> MJF, I like that Garrett Kidney said it. That was actually a reference to Scott Steiner calling him fat. Uh, the like the, those were okay. Um, the, I, I think the I can't. I don't think the kids liked it. The, the kid, the kids were watching uh, the segment with us, and they're like, "That's not funny." I don't get it. I think they got it. It's like it's not funny. So there's something interesting about MJF, and and it was kind of pointed out to me. Whenever MJF is like a little scared, he goes for like the low hanging fruit insults. That's every like, single time. It's not, but it's not, or at least it's the way it starts. He always starts low hanging and then he starts kind of building from there for better or for worse. But like he did it with punk. He's done it with Darby, did it with Adam Cole. And that's just, and, and then they get progressively more intense depending on, you know, how deep into the feud you get, which the aforementioned have all gone pretty deep. Uh, but yeah, that's just something that, that I continue to recognize with the MJF character is he starts off jokey, jokey and, and like, you know, really upsettingly jokey, jokey, but then it gets worse and worse. So I don't know what he has in store for an MJ for a Samoa Joe, you know, tirade when we get to that point. I don't know if we're going to fully get that. It feels like he hit a lot of the high points. I'm sure MJF still got more material, but it feels like he hit some high points uh, in this promo segment. We're referencing the, the NXT stuff. I was waiting for him to call Regal a triple H stooge. Uh, he never did that, but I was, he did. He did make the reference to Regal and NXT and everything. I was I was waiting for that one. Um, yeah, Joe, Joe got him in this though, and MJF like gets praised a lot on the microphone. I don't feel he wins a lot of these microphone battles. Like he's he's obviously very good on the mic. I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but people cut him just as bad as as he gets cut and you can know he's great at the telling these stories he's got a lot of material to play off of and everything but people fire back and maybe it's it's because everyone else has a lower bar than him and they're not expecting i mean samoa joe is very proven on the microphone i don't know why anybody would doubt but like wheeler yuda wheeler yuda did really well 
uh, firing back at MJF. He basically he eight miled MJF. Is like you're gonna make this insult and that insult. Like okay, cool, cool, buddy. And then MJF just just like did that. And it's like, well, you'd have kind of got him there a little bit. And maybe because the bar is just lower for the other opponents, even though the other opponents are guys like uh, CM Punk and and Samoa Joe and John Moxley uh, and Brian Danielson. But maybe because the bar is lower for them, people are surprised when they get the better of MJF. But I thought Joe, I thought Joe took this round. He did. He absolutely did. And Joe's also been around long enough and has had enough uh, Mike put down time that he knew where to come from and knew what to say. And if any, stop it, stop it. If anything, this was an opportunity for us to remember that. Yeah, Joe is just a great talent who knows what he's doing. I just can't wait for them to move on from his television title run in ring of honor because sure as shit ain't doing anything on the show that he's supposed to be on. <laughs> he faced Shane Taylor. He faced Shane yes. Taylor. He faced Shane Taylor. And now he's probably not going to show up on ring of honor TV for another three weeks. I do agree. Uh, uh, bonkers makes this point in the chat. And I said it on Wednesday when the, the brackets, when half of the brackets were out, I should say, I was like, uh, why we got these losers in this tournament? And that's still where we're at. Like Samoa Joe, okay, he he, he just beat um, uh, Shane Taylor, but he lost the Punk the week before that. Jeff Hardy, I don't know when he lost them, won a match before. Like, when was the last Jeff Hardy win? The last match I remember him in was getting beat up by Jeff Jarrett. Penta, Penta just lost to Orange Cassidy. Um, who's Penta facing? Jay Lethal. Uh, Jay Lethal. Yeah. Jay Lethal. I don't remember the last time he like won like any type of singles match or anything. They always do these predictable like brackets that don't like where's Jay White? Jay White ain't earned some title shot. Takeshka, he just beat Kenny Omega. We gotta wait till next week for them to reveal a painting. Shout out Mel Coleman. Uh they we gotta wait to reveal a painting to get his next opponent. He ain't in this thing. Uh it gets the, the tournament stuff, just tell the story. You know, I, I'd honestly just prefer just tell the story instead of you using a tournament to justify a title shot. Because the tournament, it ain't worth anything if you don't have the top competitors in it. It's just that imagine you get like the NBA playoffs and instead of here's the top eight teams in the playoffs, it's hey, here's team number one against team number 32. And then team number one gets team number 16. And then maybe you'll see one and four meet in the finals. Where was team number two? They weren't even in the tournament. They, they just didn't make the cut. So that's, like, that's what it is. So two things. One, Jeff Hardy's last singles win was May 11th, 2022. In an yeah, Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament first round notice qualification match. Who did he defeat? Uh, Darby. That's right. And I want to look up Jay Lethal too, but I also want to point out, you know that $110 shirt that they're selling for Don Callis? Yeah, the money goes to Mel, according yes. to Mel. Buy the stupid shirt, because Mel deserves your money. So that's why that's why the shirt's so damn expensive, so we can pay Mel, because she's damn good at her job. We should oh, get Mel on the show. Can you I, Mel on the show? She knows that I have asked her, because I asked her to break news uh, on the show. But uh, yeah, that's... That's an ongoing conversation I'm trying to have with her. I'm okay. trying to look up the, the Jay Lethal thing. So Jay Lethal's last singles win 
was on Rampage. 2023, when? April 26th. No idea who Jay Lee will beat that night. FTR hair. Oh. Special okay. enforcer Mark Briscoe. Oh, all right. Yeah, sure. That match happened. So. Happen. so so yes, that is a long world apart from what we did. Mel is too good for the show. Buddy, Fact. buddy, yes, but also she's she's uh a, a good she's a, become a dear friend so i appreciate her the well, fact everybody's too her. good for this show like let's be honest garrett kidney's too good for this show but here yeah. we are literally everyone who joins this show is too good for this show i don't know why people join this show but you know for some reason they do bless them um i want to talk <laughs> about the sorry i love this clearly this tournament was an option and jay white had something to do when they were thinking volunteer rhino you should have opted in rhino <laughs> Come on, what were you doing? He was he was working on his marina. <laughs> uh I was talking about the swerve hangman segment. Sure, yeah. We thought hangman might be in the tournament. He was gonna come out, show the fire, tournament hangman. Here we go. Nope. I honestly didn't really get to say anything. He put over teachers and that they should be paid more factual. Um and then Swerve came out. He spent the last two weeks in the coffin. Did no one open that for him? Like everyone knew he was in there. He saw but his he still was there out. for two weeks. They saw his hair hanging out, and they're just like, "He's taking a good nap." Yeah, he needs it. Orange Cassidy comes out at the top of the show, and this man has been saying for months on post pressers, "I need a nap. I'm gonna go lie down." And what does he do? Completely goes against his own his own ideas. He's like. I'm going to be on the show anyway. And I'm like, you dumb son of a, take the break. You had the time. Sorry. Good tangent. Swerve. I, coffins, things. I need, I need swerve in another coffin match. I don't care against who I need swerve to win. And then I need Prince Nana dancing around the coffin. That that's what I need. I need that. Uh, yeah. Like I, I need it so, so bad. The meme with the, the Paul bears and they're all yep. on us doing the Yeah. I'm yep. that. Let's that's, do it. that's what I need. I just give me a random coffin match with Swerve. I, I make it like Swerve's got to get over his fear of coffins. I don't give a shit who he beats. He can beat one of these losers in the tournament. Raleigh, Jay Lethal, he ain't doing anything. I, I, maybe that's healing. Jeff Hardy, put put the Hardys in the coffin and let them dance on that. The problem is Jeff Hardy in a coffin match. Jeff Hardy's gonna win. The man doesn't fear death. Like the, Jeff Hardy is, he is death basically in, in like the most peculiar way possible well put put the put one of the hardies in there and then have have nana go at it oh that's he's the man love prince nana uh so anyway we, we the swerve promo with hangman was fantastic because you play off some real real life history here um you play off uh, some real life with like you ain't done anything recently you're just taking a back seat to the elite they gave me these opportunities. I'd be the, the first black AW champion out here. You know, he, he took he took some shots. He took the, the weight shots at him. Like you, you at him. Uh it's like yeah, getting a little soft around there. Hangman fired up a little bit, and then before Brian Cage attacked him. I love this program, though. I think Swerve, I've I've said it for a while now. All the star potential in the world. And when I say that, I'm not even talking about on screen which is obviously a big thing i'm talking about the stuff like you got to do elsewhere too i've said that when swerve first joined AEW, he did a lot of media a lot of media and he came across well 
every single time. I, I felt he was engaging in every interview. He gave good answers. He gave good stories. He had some good quotables and stuff in there. I was more and more impressed with him each time I listened to him. And again, there was a lot of swerve interviews when he first came to AEW. I would have liked to see him do more going into all in, honestly, because he really only did that one. Uh, I, I forget what the, maybe it was up rocks. Um, but I would have liked to see him do more. He's a guy who can carry the company on multiple on television and in like interviews and things like that. So I'm, I'm very curious to see where our swerve goes here because the immediate thought is, well, hangman can't lose this. Like you're trying to heat hangman back up. And I think there's real potential that hangman can lose this. And it gets him more into the despair of like the despair of doubt that's out there. And then you tell the story from there of like, you got to continue the adversity, right? Uh, you got to continue to tell a story of rebuilding. And I think Swerve needs the win a little bit more. I'm very glad that Hangman is now in a big time singles program again, because I think people kind of got lost in the sauce a little bit. And I don't think AW did a good enough job on this, but Hangman has a connection with the audience that has not gone away, despite the fact that it's taken a little bit of a backseat and hangman's such a good promo. He's so relatable uh, to just a lot of the audience and people see him as like that day one elite guy. They see him on the level of Kenny and the bucks and everything. He's not an EVP or anything. And there honestly might be a little bit more to him because you look at Kenny and the bucks. Okay. They were decorated in new Japan and ring of honor. They won titles. They, they headline shows, all of this stuff. Hangman wasn't at that level when he joined AEW. You've really seen Hangman from the ground floor all the way up to when he won the title from Kenny. And I think so there's even more of a connection with Hangman if you're a day one AEW fan or even followed AEW beforehand uh, because of all that. So it's good that Hangman's in a big time program. Swerve, I I think, is a a strong opponent for him. And I do think Swerve should come out of this uh, the victor and put a little bit more doubt in Hangman. So for everything you just said about Hangman's journey and his, um, I don't want to use the word overness because it's not that. It's just the audience's uh, connection Connection is a really good, yes, that's the word that should be used. The connection that he has for everything that, that, that Hangman brings to the AEW audience and the crowd and that, that, that uh, connection, he should win. Swerve is the heel. Swerve is the bad guy. Swerve can absolutely eat the L while having a top shelf on the mic feud and having a top shelf in the ring match. Swerve is in that position where he can't this can't happen too often, don't get me wrong, but he can he can absorb the L. He can take it and he can still move forward and whoever he goes after next that could be his big man, but I think this is the beginning of the build for Hangman, and this is a big springboard for him. Good versus evil, very simple story, very straightforward, and people want to cheer Hangman. Like you said, they continue to love him, so why not play into that? Why not give him that first set of boost? Where do you do the match? Do you do it at Wrestle Dream? Because you're going to be in swerve territory if you do. I, Kai says you can get a trilogy out of this, and I don't disagree with that because, yeah, you can do the first match at Wrestle Dream in Seattle. Like, I think that's a good spot to have Swerve win. The next big show is Full Gear. That's a show that well, people don't 
know this or forget named after hangman and him getting himself in shape uh for to wear full gear like that was the bte bit that's why it's named this so you do the rematch at full gear swerve went or uh hangman wins that match and then you set up a third match i mean the next pay-per-view i assume by this point we will have a december pay-per-view because they're doing monthly it seems at this point maybe it's winter is coming uh would be but i think winter is coming is early december so it might maybe too early like that's that's three matches in a short period of time like the moxley feud with hangman was i feel a little bit more stretched out maybe i'm wrong i'll look up like when these matches took place uh but a trilogy this is guys right like this is definitely a feud you get a trilogy out of there's enough meat there's enough big shows coming up to where oh yeah you can do a trilogy on this so the the uh concussion match was october 2022 then they did the rematch at the the forum that was in january 2023 and then it was basically every month so yeah i guess if you if you want to do uh october november december with winter is coming swerve and hangman you can you can do that because january was the rematch between moxley and page then they did another match in february and then they did texas death at revolution which was march december is a really hard time to run a pay-per-view and i think a lot more companies are starting to come around to that fact it's holiday time so you have to do it early you have to do it in the first two weeks or else you kind of lose your audience for the final two weeks because people are traveling or they're just with people family whatever it is and as a result like everyone's more focused on the wrap-up of the year than they are what's going on in the current storyline like even wwe just goes on like random you know tape they don't show. did they have a december pay-per-view last year they did deadline for nxt but i don't think they did i think they did a survivor series show at the end of november and even now there's nothing announced for december 2023 on the wwe calendar you just go to the rumble and that's at the end of January. And that that's kind of what I'm getting at is if AEW decides that they want to do an early December pay-per-view, then winter is coming is probably the answer. And there's, there's, there's no, you know, guarantee that that's the plan. You could just make it a big dynamite match, a big dynamite blow off, make it the, the main event of the show, number one contendership, whatever it is, put a stipulation on it. Uh, but again, I can see it as a trilogy as well, and that's kind of the way I would do it. But a December pay-per-view is is more people have realized it's a tough it's a tough thing to ask, especially especially if you're AEW, because now you're asking for fifty dollars going into a pay-per-view, whereas with WWE, it's already part of your you know five to ten dollar a month Peacock subscription. Less pay-per-views is what we need. Yeah. I hope they don't do a December pay-per-view, but. Again, it seems like they're adding stuff. Winter is coming is still a big show. And this is what uh, what concerns me with this is like, you're telling me Grand Slam is going to be this big show. It's like, okay, now you got to have something big for WrestleDream as well. Because why am I going to pay for WrestleDream if you just gave me a world title match between potentially MJF and Samoa Joe for free? What do you have in your back pocket that is going to make me buy WrestleDream? And they got stuff. They got the wrestlers, certainly. They got so the talent. This is why you potentially flip-flop it and you have WrestleDream be the Samoa Joe match and Roddy be the, the Grand Slam match. Hello, Sean. Hello, Eggman. Happy Friday. Oh, sandwich eggs. It's a oh, croissant. Shit. Yeah, I've, I've worked out a lot this week. I feel like I've earned it. Here I am. 
Uh, Jeremy, who do you have in the main event tomorrow night? Adesanya and Strickland. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? Oh, I think Adesanya smokes him. I he should. Don't. Yeah. I'm, I mean, listen. I know I've interviewed some questionable people in the past and not calling out any of my media friends, but man, if I were a gay or trans person who adored somebody's work like that, I would be very disappointed that they interviewed Sean Strickland for this fight. And I know why they do it because MMA coverage is a grind, but the bullshit that I see that guy say, and he got rewarded for it. This, this wasn't a title shot on merit. He lost twice last year. He lost twice last year. He is going to get his ass whipped so bad tomorrow. And I I am uh, thoroughly excited to see him get his ass kicked. Hmm. Oliver's in here. Look at Oliver. Oh, he's hanging out. Hi. Yeah. He's my little crony. Somewhere around here. No idea where. Like if, if one of my cats laughed at my jokes all the time. It'd be this fella. My God, you're it. with a power bomb. This is like a dominator you're going for. Uh, he likes being upside down. Oh, okay. Bless. He's a big fan of being upside down. He likes when I do this. He'll he'll bend his neck back, and he wants me to flip him. Look at that. This is straight up dominator you're doing yeah. to this cat. Show them how Sweet I land on my feet. Show them. <laughs> yeah, and, and look, he just ran back to me. He wants... It's, it's impressive, buddy. My kid does the same thing with me. I don't drop him on his back, but, uh, <laughs> but I, actually I do. I don't drop him on his back. I lay him down gently. I got I got one who just loves to be power bombed, and so I'll just say, "All right, sure, boom." That's how it works. Ta- Get those hit, reps hit, in. Hit him with the power bomb. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's good. It's good stuff. Then if they ever end up in. <laughs> If they ever end up in one of the street fight videos I'm watching on Reddit, at least they can protect themselves. Yeah, exactly. What you got going What's on today, it? Sean? It's it's football weekend. I know you did a late stream <laughs> last night. How that? Um, I'm very excited about the Kansas City Chiefs on pace to go 0 and 17. Yes. I just posted a thing. Uh, interesting stats. Chiefs has the worst rest worst record in the league. Mahomes leads the league in interceptions. Uh, most incompletions, uh, pick sixes. Also, he's never beaten Jared Goff. I appreciate you bringing the stats on that one. Uh, yeah, I know your number Trolling one overall one. pick, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Jared Goff. Uh, he he played well. He played well last night. Uh, I think we could play receiver for the Chiefs, Sean. The, yeah, uh, that yeah. was that was not great. Not great for them. Yesterday. I do think Travis Kelsey made up more than definitely a one point difference there. That that was yeah. evident. Yeah. Based on the fact that I mean a couple of those would have put them into field goal range if they just caught the ball. But there's hey, a great there's a great photo of Tony of the uh what turned out to be an interception. The ball hits him like right in his hands and the defender's about ten feet away. And it's like this was a touchdown for the other team. It's like, yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah, there was play. Like I saw somebody trolling Mahomes and like, listen, I have my fun, but he's probably the most talented quarterback I've ever seen. And they, they were like trolling Chris Collinsworth too. They're like, Oh, well it was a great pass by Mahomes, but it went as a pick six. And they were like giving Collinsworth trash. And I was like, no, it was a perfect throw. Like it was yeah. a great throw. He could <laughs> not have done anything better on that throw. It wasn't his fault, but eh. You'll get that. You'll get that. Uh, the Bengals, though, well, that's what we're really here for. 
We're here to talk I mean, about the they, they got yes, they they got got uh, that Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow got that up. Joe Pearl deal. <laughs> oh God bless! Do I get paid now? No, I do. Do, you, do I get paid more now? No, absolutely not. Damn right. it! People gotta start taking pay cuts. You're at the top of the list, Joel. Probably, probably. <laughs> God, <laughs> choked up. I need, I need somebody to care about ROH for once. Like, <laughs> uh, show up on one of those shows. Listen, I am sincerely excited for Impact 1000 next week. Like, we had Garrett Kidney on earlier. He was yeah. yeah. He was here talking some some impact. Oh, always great to see. I'm very excited for that show. I'm a little less excited now that I know that Devon and Bubba Ray signed Legends deals. So because this is this is what's interesting to me. By the way, WWE is in uh, Uniondale. They're they're in, they're on Long Island during the Impact 1000 tapings. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there's any chance that uh, Abyss. Can be, you know, can schlep his ass over to, to White Plains for an. That would be incredible. I think they, they should. They had AJ Styles do a sit down for uh, for that Slammiversary a couple years ago to have Abyss show up and just do a little something. He doesn't have to get physical. He has to a show black- up. I would love for him to do a black hole slam or swing Janice at somebody. <laughs> yeah, whatever works. I just I think because of this Legend Deal stuff coming out, to me that read as okay, maybe there's a chance to play ball here and do a little trade ski and bring in Abyss for a quick little uh, one-shot. That'd be fun. I hope so. Isn't, w- uh, isn't RVD under a Legends deal too? Yeah, and I think RVD is going to be uh, possibly a Tommy Dreamer tag partner in an Impact 1000 tag match. <laughs> Good, because he looked incredible against Jack Perry. Yeah. He looked incredible. That was by far the best spinning leg drop I've ever seen him do. And a lot of it was how they shot it. It was very smart. Like Jack Perry did a good job. Shocking guys. Jack Perry's good at his job. But um, <laughs> Tommy I'll Dreamer. I'll know for a little while. Yeah, I know. I hit up Tommy Dreamer because I'm trying to look at wrestlers who can hit that seven decade mark. I was like, hey, I don't see any matches on record before like 91, but it says you wrestled in 89. He's like, yeah, I did. So he's at 80s, 90s, 20s, 10s, and or, or 2000s, 10s, and 20s. And he was like 18 when he had his first match. And there's nothing I've seen to indicate that he won't be in a battle royal in the 2040s. So he might lose tonight and be forced to retire, Sean. Let's not. This is not out of the realm of possibility that he loses to Kenny King and has to go and be retired. There's one thing the classic mind Tommy Dreamer is not going to do at 52 years old. It's drop his champ not his champion drop his career to 42 year old uprising star kenny king that's my feeling towards that yeah not, very lengthy uh, on our show star of my brother and me kenny king by the way <laughs> bachelorette superstar and teamed up with the uh, big brother canada superstar sheldon gene i'll be damned there you go that's the uh it's the the connection of the reality shows Jeremy, do you know what the greatest line in the history of My Brother and Me was? No, I do not. Oh my God, it's Kendall Gill! <laughs> Kendall Gill was legit. People need, I, don't need to sleep I, on Kendall Gill. I know, it's just a moment in time, though, and it was <laughs> it was based in North Carolina. I just love that Like today people would be like, huh? Even, let, let's be real, by 2000, people would have been like, huh? But yeah. at, at that point in time, that three-year window in Charlotte. There you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play some 2K here after this and and use Kendall Gill. 
I'm excited for EA UFC. I had some dork that's like, why are you pretending to be excited for stand and bang mode? I don't know, because there hasn't been a fight night game since 1912. That's why. Have you have you played um it's called Undisputed? It's a it's a boxing game on like Steam. Not yet. It, that's good. I've been playing it. Uh the roster is kind of shallow. There's no like career mode or anything, but they're they're continuing to work on it. It is very good though. I I got an emulator uh just for fight night to play like a ps3 emulator just to play fight night uh because yeah that game absolutely fantastic i saw the the trailer for ufc show me how to should show me how to do that then okay we can do that arrange this add it to the Um, list (laughs) um yeah i saw the the trailer for ufc i'm worried and and mike straw said something similar like this is very much the cinematic trailer and not like the full on this is what you can expect gameplay wise so i'm i'm gonna wait until that comes out before i get too too excited for for this game but i did like the last ea ufc game that was fun well i only played the limit of the stand and bang stuff so yeah uh also somebody says hit me hit me that's what i'm gonna be saying both when i watch my brother and me and when i play stand and bang mode Damn, man. What about that what? one guy who's like, all I do are submissions on UFC? <laughs> I saw a guy say that, and I'm like, how? Yeah, how? Really. <laughs> I get annoyed yeah. when people like want to take me down or even, like, I won't use uh, like Khabib or something because I'm like, uh, it seems like he's very good and dominant, but I, have no, I don't know what I'm doing on the ground, and I don't want, even want to engage in this. Do you remember Dan Quinn, Jeremy? vaguely yes the stevia guy yeah who would challenge kimbo and he would be like i'll fight you no kicks no takedowns right we right. uh we always do dan quinn rules when we play <laughs> that's that's what you gotta do that's honestly what you have to do i i think they should have a thing where you can turn off takedowns submissions elbows knees punches kicks individually like if you want to have a good old kick Just... fight you can have a kick <laughs> fight <laughs> Just a shit kick. Some yeah. gold yeah. level shit right here. <laughs> yeah. Like they should that have a thing. Amazing. Like I think that'd be kind of cool. I think it'd be fun. Somebody I says P- if- or processing podcast says PWP versus SRS win. I'm on a NAT type two router and I can't do crap online for for my uh my PS4 that or PS5. That's the one thing that Nord hasn't been able to overcome for me is my NAT type. And uh, I got to work with uh, MetroNet to to fix that soon. Good luck with the the, mm. the MetroNet and trying to get better internet so you can play online. I don't play online regardless. I I don't like playing people online. I played Mike Straw in NHL online one time, and that's about the extent of my online. We played 2K. We played NBA 2K okay. as well. I'm very good at a game called Wreckfest. I'm just. Okay. I don't know how I'm good at it, but I'm very good at it. Better than I am at games that I actually play. It's a demolition derby game. And I am now an old man who does not realize that there is a microphone and a speaker in your controller yeah. and people online can hear you. <laughs> so you got to turn that shit off. I dominated some, like some kid and the kid in the just sweetest, most innocent voice goes, why are you being so mean to me? <laughs> And I was like, because you deserve it. And he's like, he's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, you know what? I'm sorry. I was like, I realize you're probably just coming on here to play a fun game. And I'm being mean to you. And then I wrecked him again. 
And this kid goes, oh, I got absolutely ass packed. I was like, I got worked. I got worked. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. I was almost expecting to be like, do you know who I am? (laughs) I wish. I wish. I've never been recognized online, fortunately. Um, Yeah. Oliver, look, look at this cat. Get out. out. He wants out. Yeah. He he always wants next to me, and because I'm talking to you guys, he wants out. So I'm letting him out. I'll see you guys later. Bye, Sean. See ya. It's because he wasn't giving him the attention. Yeah, my. You know what my kid does? He he goes to the door of whatever room we're hanging out in, and he'll either close the door with or without us in there. And if he closes it fully, he doesn't know how to open the door yet. So he either starts crying about it. Or like he just locks us both in, and I'm like, well, I guess we're stuck here forever. And then he like comes, you know, just flops down on the floor and like just rolls around like a little derp kid. Love my kid, but man, sometimes I wonder if he'll be as smart as I want him to be. <laughs> wow, Joel! I send every okay. I, I I send the ITW anonymous general manager photos of him reading because that's all. Like those are all the photos we have are him like reading books, and it's adorable. I love it. Um, I just wonder how how much of the reading comprehension will carry. I hope he gets his mom's brain. Put it like that. His mom's smarts. Well, I can't read, so he's already ahead of me. So bless bless your kid. He's got to put up with you. That's unfortunate. Tell me about it. He's Truthfully. got. I assume he just mashes. Or, I sorry. I, I assume you just mash the keyboard to get the desired effect of whatever you're working on story wise. More or less. Um, yeah, I just I just type stuff and hope it is readable and legible and comes out okay. That's that's largely what happens. Yeah. Well, we got ten minutes left. What do we want to talk about? Anything else from Dynamite? Um, they I don't know. Is there is there anything else you, you wanted to hit? So a couple things that were funny to me. One was at the end. You know, you, just like Impact, AEW can only go ninety nine percent, not a hundred. I loved uh, Excalibur being like. See you on Friday for Collision. I was just like, no one's going to... Nope. Okay, here we go. M fade to black. I had a good laugh about that. That's not a slide on Excalibur. I just had a good chuckle. And the other one was... This one was weird. The Darby Allen Nick Wayne match. Darby grabs the microphone and he says, hit me. And, and Tony Schiavone is just like, I don't think I've ever seen that in a wrestling match. And I'm like, it, it happens all the time. It happened in AEW. I know it has. And no and one's correct. Even if... Even if you don't like grab the mic and say hit me, they just do the trade strike standoff. Like it's the same principle. It's just Darby just decided to get on the mic and say it's I just I'm looking at it, I'm just like, really, Tony? Like it happened in WCW. I know it happened. Why are we it was it? it was interesting to see uh Nick Wayne kind of be the bully in that match because he he typically is not uh just size and stature and and role and everything he's typically the underdog but uh yeah him him fighting from from the top there and darby as usual being the the underdog uh was an interesting little role reversal that was a good match can throw any any of these guys out there have a good match people will talk about tony storm yeah she's yeah absolutely rules there's 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 uh, who was it? I think maybe it was maybe it was Sean and, and Alex talking about the idea of Juice and Tony sitting at home coming up with wrestling promos. And honestly, if you're gonna if you're gonna pick anyone's brain about how to be a crazy person in wrestling, Juice Robinson's probably the best possible person to do that with. And I just loved, uh, yeah, I love what she's doing. And uh, I know everyone else has put her over, rightfully so. She 
she got the sweet spot this past Wednesday when she did the uh, chin up, tits up, and watch for the shoe. And it was all in the eyes. That's what it was to yeah. me. It was all in the eyes and the inflection on shoe. And, not, and Renee did her job uh, perfectly, as she does. I was so happy with that. At some point, she's going to hit Renee with the shoe. And it's it gonna... was there once. <laughs> and it's going to be hilarious in, in much the same way in in uh trish hitting zoe with the chair the other week on raw it's like you know even though tony storm and, and renee are not a lot you know it's an accident but like it's just a happy funny accident and how renee sell hopefully she doesn't get hurt first off uh but how renee sells it will be uh will be something else uh but yeah tony storm is great we got another women's four-way to determine the the number one contender we love just we we love a good number one contenders four way or tournament or battle royal. We love it. I saw okay, Nyla and Tony are in that match. Who were the other two? I keep forgetting. Sheeta and Britt. You just Sheeta. run back the same people and just you know replace whoever the champion isn't. I'm yeah. Who who wins this? Sheeta. I think they go Sheeta and Sheeta gets her one on one match against Soraya at, at Grand Slam. I think that's where that's what it should be. Brit wouldn't surprise me. Um, Tony, like, I'm all for putting the belt on her, for being honest. But I, I think it's going to be Sheeta, and she gets the one-on-one match against Soraya. Yeah, it feels like that. And then Wrestle Dream, because they're doing the the crossover with New Japan, they'll be like, "Look at our Japanese talent champion. She's going to face either someone from Stardom, or they're just going to do the match against." Uh, Tony Storm at Wrestle Dream, which I wouldn't hate because again, Tony Storm does have a connection to Stardom from back in the day, and they've used that before as an excuse to have Tony on the uh, on the Forbidden Door One card. That's what they used, so I wouldn't hate it. But uh, Tony Tony Storm is just doing incredible character work, which is something that you know I would argue she has been trying to do for so long, and for some reason this one just clicked. And one of the Ew. reasons why this works is just because it's built the 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 um. Sorry, I'm, I'm losing my words because it's so late now. Uh, late being noon. Um, she's using her, uh, she's building her catchphrase by building to it, right? The shoes you, and then the tits out. Yeah. Yeah. You are uh, implying here that uh, Sheeta is winning the title at Grand Slam. Which I am it? implying that, yes. Okay. Okay. A year after Soraya makes her debut at Grand Slam, she drops that title. Uh, Wes Holbert says Sheeta is heading back to Japan. Yeah, she she is going back today, but she'll be back in time for Wednesday's Dynamite. I don't. I could be wrong. I, I truthfully have not uh, kept up on it. Maybe she does have some type of booking in Japan that's going to take her out of something. Oh, you know what? Uh, now that I look at it, I I cannot read uh, Japanese. It looks like she might be advertised for something on September twenty second, which would take her out of grand slam so there you go what she advertised for uh some show i like i can't i don't understand a lot of the japanese promotion and oh, things, yeah. so i'm not going to pretend to but she's on the uh poster for this show evil ecstasy uh which is september 22nd so all right now i'm i'm off the the Sheeta winning this because i think grand slam is the 22nd right or is it when, when is the 20th okay so the 20th. technically she could win and then fly back to japan the next day do that show be back for wrestle dream so it's not out of the realm of possibility 
that she she does win. It, I I can understand why people may be like, oh, it seems a little less likely, but you can fly in on a Thursday, do the thing on the Friday, and then go from there. It's not all the realm of possibility. Sorry, which show are you looking at? Is it the Wave Pro show? Because that's the one she's going in for. Where's this twenty second show? Uh, it's her pinned tweet, Joel. Oh, that was the pinned tweet. I just yeah. saw a lot of Japanese. I thought it was a movie thing. No. Oh yeah, Wave Pro. There you go. Nine twenty two. Oh yeah, she can go back and forth. Yeah, she can go back. Yeah, that's on. That's on a Friday. So it's it's uh it's possible that the you know, but maybe that does take her out of potentially winning the match. We we shall guess we will find out next week. Tune into Dynamite. Tune into AEW Dynamite next week, everybody. We have a tremendous show for everyone. We have a women's fatal four way number one contenders match between former champion, one of the best champions of all time, Hikaru Shida. Another former champion, Britt Baker. Another one of the best champions of all time. Britt Baker will be in the match. Another former champion as well. Nyla Rose will be in the match. And another former champion, everybody. It is four former champions in this match. And the winner will face Soraya at AEW Grand Slam. Tony Storm is the fourth former champion. Again, the winner will face Soraya at Grand Slam in this Fatal 4-Way match. You know what else is on the show on AEW Dynamite? Next week, next week, Joel, September 13th, AEW Dynamite, live on TBS at 8 p.m. Eastern. We have the trilogy match, the rubber match between Brian Cage and Hangman Adam Page. We have a big feud between those two men. We have the AEW Grand Slam title tournament finals. Who's it going to be? We got big matches tonight on AEW Rampage at 10 p.m. Eastern on TNT. We have big matches tomorrow on AEW Collision at 8 p.m. Eastern on TNT. Who will be there? Samoa Joe, Roderick Strong, Jeff Hardy, Jay Lethal, Penta El Zero Mado, Darby Allen. Two of those men will be there in the AEW Grand Slam title eliminator tournament finals on AEW Dynamite on September 13th. Tune in, everybody. It's going to be a tremendous show. Will you be attending the Cleveland Collision? Was it big enough for you? No, no, I... I, I'm not. I'm not trying to spoil anything because the spoilers are out there. But we're getting Joe and Penta, which is, isn't a spoiler. Like it's very obvious based on the brackets, right? Sorry if I spoiled Rampage. For Can't everybody. believe you gave up the lethal, giving up yeah. his title shot to Jeff Jarrett storyline. <laughs> so we're getting Joe and Penta, which is a good match. I, like that. That'd be that'd be pretty fun. Uh, Darby and Roddy. These are good matches. I don't have anything against these matches. But a Danielson promo, I need. I needed a Danielson match. That's what would have sold me. I needed a match. Moxley, like I've seen Moxley wrestle enough. Him in a glorified squash against Action and Dreddy ain't doing a whole lot for me. Bullet Club Gold, they're they're wrestling. That's fine. Acclaimed, talk like it. It seems like it'll be a fine show, but nothing that like I'm really, I'm really excited. I've seen these guys wrestle. That's the other thing. Is like. I needed something. I needed one of my favorites to wrestle. And and that's really just Brian Danielson. Give me an orange Cassidy match, like a banger orange Cassidy match. I would have been happy with that. Um, so yeah, not, not going to, to the show in Cleveland. I, I will be my fatherly duties instead of go to a uh, W collision, but it's going to be a tremendous show. Everybody at 8 PM Eastern on TNT. What if uh, Danielson has a match in Cincinnati? I know that's a further drive for you. <laughs> That one's going to be tough. I will. I feel like Sean might go to that show. I don't know. Um, 
think he would. Yeah. That that feels like it's going to be a Mox heavy show or whatever the Action Andretti thing does, it's going to set up his next title match for Dynamite, potentially the main event. I don't know if we're going to see Danielson too much on Dynamite unless it's a pre-tape thing moving forward. He's he's got kids, man. Kids will uh kids will take you out of that weekday the that weekday uh grind there. Put you on the weekend. So Hey, tell yeah. me about it. I'm the guy who's looking up flights to Grand Slam where I can go drop off my kid at daycare, go down to the Island Airport in Toronto, get a flight to to probably to Newark, and then show up on Friday to pick up my kid from daycare after stop it. Stop doing that. Anyway, fatherly duties are important for the fathers out there. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if you're gonna see Danielson too much uh, on Saturdays or on on Wednesdays. Moving forward, seems like Collision's gonna be his show, which is good. He deserves it. Give Brian Danielson everything. Uh, you know what's really funny, by the way, you've got AW Dynamite and Rampage Grand Slam, and then Collision is in Grand Rapids that Saturday. <laughs> oh, I hope they play off of that. I, I do. Hope I hope they do too. Anyway, uh, let's get on out of here. I think we're done for today. A lot of wrestling on this weekend. Myself and Crescent Star will be somewhere talking about Victory Road Impact's big show tonight. Uh, So go check that out. It'll either be on the main Fightful channel or it'll be here on Overbooked. Jeremy, what else is happening? Um, yeah, watch the the Impact show tonight. I'm 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 legitimately looking forward to it. I, I know I do bits and stuff, but I. I think this is a strong lineup for impact. I, I cannot watch it live. If I, if I could, I would, I'd probably be covering it, but I, I, I am doing fatherly things tonight. So I'll, I'll catch impact victory road after the fact, but it does look like a very good lineup the rest of the weekend. You know, hopefully it's honestly a down weekend compared, especially compared to the last two weekends. Like enjoy these little down periods here, everybody. Um, you know, cause I don't know if anybody else is getting burnt out on wrestling. If you haven't, God bless you. But there's been a lot these past few weeks. So so take that time for yourself. Take that time with uh, friends and family. And so you don't have to be glued to an AEW event or a, a WWE event or an NXT event or an Impact event, even though Impact's tonight. Like, take take the time away uh, this weekend and, and, and uh, have fun. Um, next week, everybody, next week, a week from today, is my birthday. Joel Pearl is going to deliver the greatest show of all time okay he's promised me i've seen is i've talked to again multiple sources on this that joel pearl has big big things planned for my birthday so i want everybody to tune in next week as joel pearl gives the the jeremy birthday bash i think i called it something else last time i think it was called like the beb uh but regardless the 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 big extreme birthday bash is no, we can't happen. use that. That was an ECW show. We can't. No. Was, no, I think that was big ass birthday bash. It was. Right? It was a big ass extreme bash. Can't. We can't use it. I'm oh, sorry. all right, all right. Uh, well, regardless, Joel's going to throw a giant party for me next week. It's going to be our best episode of all time next week. Thanks to Joel Pearl, he's going to come through for once on this show. He's going to come through for me. He's going to come through for you people, and he's going to have a great show next week. My birthday next week do you know how old i'll be next week joel pearl old enough 35 that's a big milestone for who i don't know that's a kevin durant number fuck kevin durant but that that's his number well, i'm glad we got through that yeah so big big episode a week from today everybody 
the Jeremy birthday celebration, the JBC, the JBC, everyone. Get ready next week. Otherwise, Fightful Overbooked, subscribe, follow the channel, support all the shows that we do. Appreciate y'all. And uh, we'll be back on Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. We might even have a guest. We'll find out on Monday. Stop it. Everyone, you know what you should do this weekend, everyone, instead of watch wrestling? Get you an Usi this weekend. All right, everybody? Get you an Usi. I'm Actual Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Ladies and gentlemen, friends, be on the binary. We'll see you on Monday. Enjoy the weekend. See you after Impact Victory Road.